This is Doug Mankey, killing on Superman. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Superb. A fine vintage on that woohoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Show you right. What's that? What's what? Show you right. Man, if you don't know, that accent. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. What is it? I just... It's an expression. Oh. But what is it? It's not from a song or anything? Oh. No. Why'd you sing it? Whatever, dude. <laughs> Why'd you? Uh, Jeez, uh, not, nah, yeah, that's nah. uh, my, my <laughs> contribution to. As Dap and I were saying a minute ago, the the Kevin Hart joint is tight and right. Is yes, it? yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's um, he's got the dudes he's got on there are are just some of them late. We don't. We probably scroll through it and, and stop on it a few times a week on the drive home but right. uh, there he's got a couple dudes on there that we've never heard before there was a cat on there the other day who um, I need to I, I gotta find out if he's on Spotify or something the dude had me what's his name trying to fucking remember now oh shit what's the number of this Kevin Hart thing it's uh you got Chappelle on there um, I don't know if this. Not that I've heard. No, yeah, there isn't a whole lot of he, on there. Kevin Hart was on yeah. earlier today, though. I was listening to it. Uh, Channel ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, I was say ninety four, but yeah. I do love me some Chappelle. Yeah, who doesn't? Crazy people. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Speaking of crazy people. No, we still got time. Oh well, what's the intro? A little bit of Monster Magnet. Oh, nice! Yep. Oh, yeah. Got the see. This is a testament to my love for both of you. I was on the road yesterday. On the road, and, again. and when when you're when you've been on the road and you come home, mm-hmm. your mail is in stacks, mad stacks, and mm-hmm. amidst the mad stacks was not only Jack White's new album on vinyl. Special limited edition, by the way. Mm-hmm. But the new Monster Magnet on vinyl. A D- word? Double yellow limited edition vinyl. Damn. And I didn't listen to it. In fact, I didn't even open the package because wow. I, I knew I had stuff to do for y'all. So you had I, business to take care of. Yeah. I did. I did. And I didn't even touch them. Good now, on you. Now, after we recorded last night, that knife was out and I slit that package open. Unfortunately, there's no download code for the. Oh, no. Uh, for no, I, I knew there wouldn't be one with the Jack White because he's not having it. That's not how he rolls. No, but for the the Monster Magnet, I thought for sure, you know. But no. Yeah. It is very good. Well, good. Yep. I miss him. I know. We got to get him on. It would be great to have him on again. It, it's it would been, be what, great. five years, maybe? Yeah, it would be great if he was on every week. <laughs> Let, let's be real. Sure. Yeah. The man's knowledge. Formidable. Oh, you know what I love about you? You always go... If you're if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound, man. Oh, that's my yeah, curse. Yeah. That is my curse. Yeah. Yep. 
I'm sorry. Um, I I now know I I kind of understand how you feel about certain things with with separating the art from the artist. Oh yes. I was I was um we speak on this, this before we do the intros? Yeah, let's tell them who this is. Okay. Cuz this is a good topic. It okay, is. Cool. It's a very good topic. Hello, brothers and Ooh. sisters. Hello. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 532. Kicking them out like Dr. Seuss. And I am Vince B. Oh, I'm so happy that you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Sexy man. Indeed you are. And I am Carlos Gonzalez. Hey, hey you're not Carlos Gonzalez. You are Jason Wood, maybe? Well... I, I'm Carlos Gonzalez because he's the player I just drafted in our Greg LeClaire <laughs> oh Memorial goodness. NL only fantasy draft that Dap and I are doing right now. All right. Uh, disclaimer. There will be long stretches of nothing on this podcast because these two jokers are doing their baseball draft. Nah, it's almost over. It's, we started it early. so it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. But I'll sing to you if you'll have well, me. I, I, I would expect go. nothing less. Georgia Satellite. If we ever get in a position where we have to do karaoke, karaoke? If, if they have the Georgia Satellites, I Ooh. will I will do karaoke. Oh, all right. Book it. Yeah. Keep your hands sealed. Right safe. now, people like like Wooder, New Mutant, they're they're filing that away. Do, 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 you do, get do, me do, on a mic with that song, I will rock that friggin' room. Oh, snap. We must make it happen. And the panties come flying off. Yep. It's true. My honey, my baby. Mm. All right, right. And on. this is our special book of the month episode, sponsored by our butimous Patreon supporters. Yes, indeedy. Mm-hmm. They vote. We put them up. We give them a, a selection of eleven books from which to choose. Get it? Eleven. Eleven o'clock comics. They mm-hmm. pick their favorites, wow, wow. and the, the votes are tallied. And what do you know? A book of the month selection is chosen each and every month, and y'all reap the benefits. On the regular feed. That's how Patreon works. Everybody's right. elevated. If you would like to check out our Patreon page, go to patreon.com forward slash one one o'clock, no apostrophe, comics. That's 11 o'clock comics because that's who we are. And you will see what's up. Well, you won't see all of what's up because it's a members only type deal. Mm, you get to see the bare minimum. But once you are an acolyte, you get... Other things, depending on your level of investiture. Is that the right word there, Jason? Sure. Today. Perfect. You're, you're placating me. Oh, I, th- people knew what you meant. But is that not the right word? I want to learn from my mistakes. I don't think investiture is a word, but we're good. You meant investment. I'm thinking that is a word. Commitment. I'm thinking investiture is a word. You know, if it is, then... Uh, well, why don't I you Google camera. that? Why don't you Google that while you're... You're picking men in tight pants. Uh, <laughs> That's what you're but, doing. Okay, well, I got good news and bad news. Yes. No, you know what? I got just good news. It is a word. Yes. The action of formally investing a person with honors or rank, a ceremony at which honors or rank are formally conferred on a particular person. I am vindicated. See, you are, you're all so old. I'm so. James McDonald Hudson. That's great. Look at you. Uh, Proud of you. Thank you, Patreons, for picking this book. And what was the list from which they had to choose? Oh, man. 
I didn't plan on you asking me that. Well, we got to frame it. Yes, yes, we do. So let me let me hit up our. We hit up the Jeopardy mad time on the vacation. All Jeopardy all the time. Yeah, that's how we do. I like Alex Trebek better with the with the mustache though. Really? Yeah, it looks yeah. wrong. It does look wrong. March's book of the month. The list. Your nominees were John Byrne's Superman, Man of Steel, Volume Two, Classic G.I. Joe, Volume One, Everything Is Flammable, Hack Slash Omnibus, Volume One. That was House mine. of M. Yep. Yes, that was yours. Preacher, Volume One, The Book of Mister Natural. The Invisibles, Volume 1. What If, Classic, Volume 1. Will Eisner's The Spirit, The New Adventures. Your winner, with 32% of the votes, taking it away, clear, was, is, JSA by Jeff Johns, Book 1. Yes. Consisting of, like, 16 issues or so? About there, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So there was there was quite a bit of reading to be done. Uh it was definitely our lengthiest book of the month project to date, right? Oh for sure. Yes. It yeah. is it is a wordy bitch. Oh for sure. Well, and just not only was it wordy per issue, but it was the most issues that we had to read. I believe so our our uh forthcoming fantasy episode where we do a book of the month based on something that hasn't been collected, I think our cap is 15 issues, isn't it? Is it? I, I think it is. I'll have to get the paper, which I formally drafted, the rules and regulations of... Yeah, we'll have to examine the contract. That's yeah. right. That's right. In a blood oath, yeah. Mm, now you're talking. Speaking of blood, what you drinking? Ooh. Dap, what you drinking? <laughs> oh, are you going to disappoint us again? Yeah. Oh, for oh my sake. God. Well, so moving right along then, uh, because this is such a patron centric episode, um, I mentioned a few weeks back that uh, very nice guy, um, nicest guy I haven't met yet, uh, Caleb, sent me two bottles of of wine and um i decided to wait for a special occasion to open up the second one and i figured with caleb being a patron uh this being a patron sponsored and supported episode i am quite enjoying from uh acronym their shadow red blend from 2015 and it is uh, like i said it is it is I, it it doesn't doesn't punch you in the mouth, but it doesn't. It's it's not sweet. It doesn't go down. It, you're not chugging it like it's water. It's um, it's it's kind of bold. I I really really like it. So thank you very much, Caleb. Very nice of Caleb. What you drinking? I am drinking a a new wine. Uh, first time I've ever had it. It is uh, called Norfolk Rise. It is a Shiraz from Mount Benson, Australia, and it is wonderful. It is almost as dry 
as the desert sun. Mm. It's so good. You're up, by the way. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, what, um, what you drink, Vince? Pepe Mac? Pepe Mac. Blah, blah, blah. What, what? With my pinky out. So it's okay. Yes. Got it. All right. So Dap had a question for us. Well, for you, it, more likely. Yeah. yeah well, it, not so much a question, but basically mm-hmm. I now, um, I can finally say I, and I, 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 I was, I was, I've been sympathetic. I understand where you're coming from, Vince, when, when it comes to, uh, separating the art from the artist. Especially when, you know, like, for example, uh, the one artist you don't want to watch your kids, Justiniano, you can, you can still look at his creeper work. You can still look at his work and, and I guess appreciate what he put on the page, even mm-hmm. though the you know human, he's a deplorable human race person. is phenomenal. Right. It's, it's amazing. Um, so the, uh, one of my, and there are a few reasons why I, I, I love this page so much. And one of the reasons is because you, Vince, were with me at New York Comic Con when I bought it. Uh, and I bought it for, it was crazy cheap. It is, it's one of the few pages I own that are lettered on the board, complete paste-ups with word balloons and everything. And it is a page from Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. And today there was a news article that uh, basically the headline reads creator of Ren and Stimpy accused of preying on underage girls who wanted animation careers. John, John K. Really? Yes. Wow. Robin bird and Katie rice have uh, come forward. And while they were um, basically 14, 15, 16 years old, um, there's one photo of uh, one of the young ladies in a in a bikini from uh, almost like a bird's eye view. Um, yeah, John K took of uh, of Bird at age seventeen in nineteen ninety eight, and it's I I couldn't I haven't finished the article. It, it's it's not something you can kind of just read. It, it's it's a lengthy some bitch, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely one of those things where it's, I don't, I kind of don't know if I want this. And even though it's, it's, it's drawn by Gary Fields, it's, it's aside from John K getting the money for whatever Marvel was licensing the, the IP for, I don't know if John had any influence or any hand in in the comics Marvel was producing in the nineties with the characters. So, um, you know, this could be something that John K never did anything about unless, you know, until he cash a check that month. But, um, it, it, it's just something about me having that page in my house now. You know, I love you so much. I do, but, and, and I'm not discounting your feelings in this matter. Sure, I don't think you were. I'm re- I'm not, but, I don't see how the two intersect. Do you love Ren and Stimpy? For for yes. do you well, the love first, the characters? First two seasons, yes. Yeah, sure. You love the characters of Ren and Stimpy. 
you love the animation style. You so much so that you bought a piece of original art featuring those characters to decorate your wall. The fact that John K may or may not be the the fact that he may or may not have done what probably millions of people with positions that give them advantage over other people have done that to me i don't think that taints ren and stimpy or gary field's lively fun energetic artwork like yeah he could be a scumbag but that doesn't make ren and stimpy scumbags no right right i just i don't want you to to waste any of your precious time feeling some kind of way over something you have no control over that is true. I don't have any control over it. And and I'm, there's no ridicule going on here at all. I just love you so much. Oh, I just no. don't. I don't think that that my brother should be wasting brain power on something that he has no control over. Right. I right. co-sign that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I if I had the opportunity to buy a John Wayne Gacy clown painting. You can bet your ass I would buy one. Yes, yes, you would. Uh, Wait, really? Oh yes, shit, yeah. No, no hard. No, that's okay. No, that see, that's harder for me to understand. Terrible person, but right. uh, evil person. Yeah, but that artwork was created under a cloud of madness, and there's an evil pallor over that work. That nasty despicable stuff that he did is in that painting you can you can almost right, feel which it is why i'm really confused as why you'd want to own it because right. that's powerful juju that really is and um to be self-hypocritical here or self um examining had it not been painted by a serial killer it would be looked at looked upon as trash the man, the man clearly had rudimentary skills. At, I mean, not even the, mm-hmm. the the work is infantile. It's childish. It's untrained. It's it's not anywhere near accomplished. Uh, but the pedigree, an evil man painted this. So, to me, there are things, and, and I may just be projecting. I may be seeing things in the work that mm-hmm. are not there, but. That you got a despicable per. Would I buy an Adolf Hitler painting? No, I would not. Nope, 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 nope. Because those people didn't willingly walk into those situations. Whereas Mm -hmm. Gacy's victims, I don't know. Right? I don't know what this, what the, what the situations were. Uh, He, he, he wooed. Um, he was very charismatic. He enticed people to do things that they, that's a different situation than saying you are this genetic strain. You are now no longer fit to live. You know what I mean? That those are two, Mm -hmm. two separate things that one is abominable. The other's just plain evil. So yeah, I'm splitting hairs, but Mm -hmm. there are some things I would not do in, in terms of procuring art. Right. Yeah. I'm not totally, you know, um, without some kind of a, at least a, a baseline approach to what I will and won't do. I'm pretty free, but I do have limits. Some. Yeah. 
tiny mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. But that was I, – I, I struggle with that every day, the separation between – art an artist uh person and product and yeah. um it's it, i think it would surprise us greatly uh if we ever had the opportunity to peer into the our unvarnished personal lives of our um our idols right i mean i i and and we always i don't i don't care who you are everybody makes those justifications there's oh, always those excuses where it's like listen i won't watch a new mel gibson movie but i may not change the channel if sirius xm plays a louis ck bit so sure. there's i it's you know and the you know one dude said some really horrible shit the other person may have actually done some pretty horrible shit. So it's like, so where, who, who am I to, I'm not, I ain't judging anybody, but we all do just, we yeah, all find it's... that line. Just like, you know, if you're going to boycott a, a product, if you're not like, I won't, I won't buy Skippy peanut butter. Uh, is... But, oh man. Um, because, and it probably has nothing to do with the people who are in charge of the company now, whoever the hell owns it. Uh, but the um, Skippy was a comic strip character. And the person who created the character and the strip uh, ended up being institutionalized. But the people who made, who who, um, who decided to produce Skippy Peanut Butter never um, licensed the character never it, it, my man never saw a penny oh, from damn. yeah so i it's it's just it's it's principle it's just that you know so i mean and again this is going back to what Vince you think like the 30s or the 40s it's it's yeah. it's a long fucking time ago yeah. so anybody involved is really no longer with us but i just never let it be said daft holds a grudge right yeah. but i mean marvel and dc have stolen shit over the years as well well yes. yeah yeah you know so i mean they make restitution in the case of Siegel and Schuster. Because they basically built the company. It makes you feel any better. Uh, Skippy was sold in 2013 right. to Hormel right. for $700 million. Whew. And and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Homeboy still, uh, he's he long gone. But yeah, his family. Um, it And, and if it, his, his life story is fucking heart-wrenching too. But yeah. uh, I think while we're on the subject, uh, we should reiterate the William Messner Loeb's um situation he's he, he's on uh hard times so if there's anything you can do investigate the case first before you you, mm-hmm. you choose to do something about it but william messner lobes is is down on his luck uh no money um he's working at a panera bread right yeah and and as a custodian of his church right and and he's an amazing cartoonist uh a great writer journey is one of my favorite um works yeah um, then you had his work on the Flash and his stuff with uh, the Max uh, uh, Wasteland is one of my all-time favorite, um, not only anthologies but but horror books as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, if if you can take some time and just uh, peer into this case, and if you would like to, I, I'm sure there's somewhere you can you can donate something or or just uh, donate to the Hero Initiative, and that maybe the trickle down will will benefit. 
uh, Messner lobes in some way, but just research it because I mean this this is the kind of stuff that's important. The people that give to us sometimes um, life isn't very kind to them for whatever reason, and and we gotta we gotta boost them up when 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 they're down. That's that's what humanity is all about. Well we, said. Yeah, we we help out our our own, and we're all our own. So now before we um, before we get into the book of the month. We do have breaking news that is extremely pertinent. If it's yeah. about if it's about baseball, no, no, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. What is it? Um, we all knew that Fantastic Four was making its comeback. It hadn't been official until today, but we knew it was happening. So Wait, that's not. I didn't. I didn't hear anything about this. Oh, like, about, the spring about breaking news for Vince. Um, too. We, Some we, people we got to work. Yeah. Marvel two and one that it was leading up to that. We've speculated that, and we were right. But it became official. The first family is coming back. And we have the creative team. It is written by Fantastic Four, The Return, written by Dan Slott, art by Sarah Pacelli. And Vince went Cue the by. crickets from Vince. Wow. I'm ha- wow. What's the matter? I'm loving the Pacelli part. Okay. Now, now, this is, I expected that reaction, but let me ask you, though, objectively, because you're not alone with that reaction from other people on the boards today. Um, I, I have not ever been confused as Dan Slott's most ardent supporter, but that said, I can think of a lot of years that me and my brothers have been doing the show that you two, I mean, waxed poetically yes. with absolute glee yes. over what Mr. Slot did on Spider-Man. Now, admittedly, the last turn where he turned Spidey into CEO and stuff, I know y'all weren't feeling, but what he gave you in the almost 10 years we've been doing the show, you guys spoke lovingly of Slot's Spider-Man work. Yeah, I'm not. A I'm not lot of time. It's true. So I guess my question is, I, I, I mean, Slot wasn't who I was expecting. He probably wouldn't have been my first choice if I was EIC and I could just pick anyone. But I, I, I am surprised that you, you seemingly are disappointed, at least in your first reaction, just because. I mean, we have evidence that Slot can take one of your favorite comics and give you many years of of lovable content. That's so. true. Uh, you know what? Yeah. You're you're at, you're absolutely right. Um, nice. I'm just a little gun shy mm-hmm. due to yeah, recent Spider-Man events. So right. yeah, um, but it's it just amazes me that that's who they went with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's... By he's, the way, he's known for two years, which also gives me encouragement because he's been working on it for a long time. And that's and see, the thing, it's... it's You're, uh, un, unfortunately, for some, or maybe fortunately, but you're... You know, they like to say you're only as good as your last work. And if this was... Which is true. If this was Spider Island or Spider-Verse dance slot, I think Vince would be a lot more... Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Excited about it. But mm-hmm. but since it's, you know, we're in post-CEO, and yes, he's, he's planning on going out with a bang, and... Everything's set in motion where the mm-hmm. past few issues have been exciting for Amazing Spider-Man fans. Uh, so, you know, it, he's he's going, if he ends Amazing on a high note, then yes, that's also going to uh, make the transition easy. But I, I can understand Vince's uh, apprehension, for lack of a better term. But um, but no, I, I don't. I, I like, now I haven't read everything. Slot has done, but Slot mm-hmm. definitely has. Uh, he's he he can he can nail the humor. We've seen Peter in relationships. We've we we know. Um, I, I think it's 
if the focus or if the emphasis is family first for the first family, I think Slot's going to nail it out having written Silver Surfer and uh, especially like, you know, the Mighty Avengers. I mean, Slot has written characters and, and, and stories that, that kind of have been beyond street level. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he wrote Thing back in the day. Yep. He, he wrote Silver Surfer and... By the way, we we the three of us didn't read that uh, on an up to date basis, but I have read probably like probably like the first two arcs of it, and it's great in the all red art. Like so, to your point that you're getting at, I mean, he he has certainly played in the FF realm before, and I think played there successfully. Is the I, point? Yeah. So, and Pacelli is an absolute dynamo. Yes, she is. In spite of the fact that she fucked up my domino commission, but that's all right. And, and very easy on the eyes. She is quite fetching. We always you know, have to say that, yeah, but that no, doesn't that doesn't right doesn't eclipse her her her. Uh, there there are some beauty. It, it is uncanny how many incredibly talented Italian female cartoonists also happen to be incredibly beautiful. Well, hey, they're Italian. Come on, true. <laughs> My people. So, uh, wow, we got a little distracted, but that's okay. These these, right. these book of the month episodes are they're 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 fluid. Um, they're a bonus. They, they are what they are. Right, right. Um, back to slot. I'm just kind of stunned that knowing Marvel, who like to make uh, big waves initially, I'm really surprised they didn't go with like a Hickman or an Aaron, like just a name oh, that's Aaron's gonna... doing Avengers. He's busy. Right. Okay. Hickman doesn't work for Marvel. Well, at least not in an official capacity yet. I mean, he right. did. Com- he's coming back to do the shield and stuff, but yeah. So, uh, you know, but okay, Dan Slott. And Hickman already did his FF, dude. I mean, he did, he did, but uh, you know, like just a name that's going to be like, wow, I can't believe this. This is amazing. Like even I mean, like Jim Chung on Justice or, League, or just no, just like maybe Walt Simonson or something, <laughs> or or just a, just a, a name that's going to be like, holy cow, I did not expect that. Uh, someone with a, an FF history with the FF. Mm-hmm. Simonson did a great run. You know, sure. I, it, I, I'm going to buy it. I'm there. My, 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 my number one, number two favorite comic of all time is, is coming back. So, hey, what's, what's bad here? And it's going to look gorgeous. Oh, yes. Are they sure. double shipping or is it just going to be once? Um, that they don't know. I hope yeah, not. I, it comes out. It 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 doesn't start till August, and um, yeah, I don't know if it's because it's Fantastic Four: The Return. If if it's a miniseries leading up to a new ongoing, or if it's just if that's the first, if that's the name of the first arc. Um, but I'm sure we'll know more uh, come the summer, and well, we'd have that. Yeah, no, I mean any announcements. That San Diego would they'd have already been announced the previews anyway. So yeah, we'll we'll know more soon. Yeah. You know, um I had my microphone on on mute, but this Fortnite is a pox. Because <laughs> oh. do, do you hear him? He <laughs> come know, my did. son my son comes down, I won't let him play when we record because the bandwidth is mine. Yes. I, I gotta have some stellar production values here. And he comes down, he goes, he go, you almost done? I'm like I'm gonna kill you. You're, you're never gonna see 15. This this Fortnite it's it's consumes these children. Tell him to come back when he's got a 4.0. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, 
Well, that'll be m- never. So, <laughs> damn, blowing up your kid. <laughs> hey, I'm a realist, man. Keeping it 100. You know, capacity. Speaking of keeping it 100, we should send a quick shout out to our our friend and and uh, and fourth chair member Gil Cologne, who was uh, a lot of fun this week on the last step. He was. Yep. Well spoken, gentlemen. For sure. Yeah. So, on to the book of the month. For this episode, we have read JSA by Jeff Johns, book one. Book one. And it, it's kind of funny that uh, I'm looking at the cover right now, which is a beautiful Alan Davis and Mark Farmer image. Justice Society of America, giant JSA by Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns is, in comparison to the the point size of all the other stuff on the cover, Jeff Johns is pretty damn big. It is, mm-hmm. It's the second biggest thing, largest thing on the cover, next to the giant letters she JSA. Said. Okay? And then down the bottom, we got David Goyer, Stephen Sadowski, Michael Bear. Okay? Robinson started the book. And well, the, Robinson and Goyer. Right, and Goyer started the book. And mm-hmm. then Johns came on later on in the run. But with Goyer. Yes. With Goyer. But, like but this, half the real talk, this book, this book should have been called JSA by David Goyer, by book David one. Goyer. Yes, with, with Th- that's yeah. the thing. The, the, the amount of the contribution by Jeff Johns amounts to half of, yes. of this collection. And Whereas yet, Goyer is credited as the co-writer on every issue. Right, and yet his name is giant on the cover. I guess that's to be the uh, chief creative officer. It does, it does pay. But I'm just, I'm saying this is a bit disingenuous because it's not all Jeff Johns, and and I would, if if it were me, I would be a little hesitant to have this released in its current form because my contribution was only fifty percent of this thing. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel the same way? It, it does feel odd. It does feel strange that because I don't know, they could have gone so many different ways with it, right? They could have just said Justice Society of America, book one. Right. They could have said, yeah, it's just, it is strange. Um, now, and what's, what is strange too about it is um, when we were nominating books and talking about what to, uh, you know, what to, uh, to put up, I, I, I did remember this before we redug into it as being Jeff Johns's book, and I think that that's where the confusion comes in, because DC released JSA Omnibus Volume One this past year, and it's twelve hundred pages, mm-hmm. and it is the vast majority of it is is written by Jeff Johns, sure, because because it's it's what we just read plus another almost nine hundred pages. And those 900 are almost exclusively written by Johns. So he had a, what, near decade-long run on this book. And and f- full disclosure, uh, it's one of my favorite modern DC runs in its entirety. Um, it's certainly the thing I've enjoyed the most from Johns. So, like, on the surface, having some time between this, it made perfect sense to me when I saw the title listed as Jeff Johns, Volume 1. Because I thought, oh, yeah, of course, this is his JSA run. Um, but, but now that we've reread it, 
and I've seen the credits, I, I, I admit that it is an oddly, it's an odd thing. Yeah. It is an odd thing. I, I have to agree. JSA writ large is Jeff Johns's. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it really is. I mean, he put yeah. the he put the spin on it. it. It was unique to his approach, but got to give Robinson some credit. I mean, he initiated the whole thing. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tough call. But I'm guessing they're gonna chop up the omnibus into sections. And call it Jeff Johns' JSA Book Two, yeah. where where it will be all Jeff Johns. And, and what's really no, but what's really interesting. So I did look this up in anticipation of of this as part of the conversation. Um, so this this is JSA, and this is what one through what do we say 15, 16? 15. Okay, With so but, issue, yeah. so JSA the, this this run lasted through um, issue eighty one. So it went JSA one through eighty one. And then it got relaunched as Justice Society of America, 1 through 26. Johns was the writer or co-writer from six of this issue of Arc On. So you're talking about about 100 issues. So no problem there. But, again, to be fair, David Coyer was the co-writer of this book through issue 51. Oh, okay. So, so he was the co-writer of this book for more than half of its entirety. So it is odd that Coyer is kind of getting the... Yeah, the chat. I mean, he is. I mean, yes, it's he's he's on the cover. He is, and the smaller font with the artist, but it yep. is it, it is JSA by Jeff Johns, and mm-hmm. um, this this first book, book one contains JSA secret files number one and JSA numbers right. one through fifty. Yeah, the secret files number one is a great issue. It is, yeah. and. Um, I will say too, because it, it's so far beyond this. But but of all of John's run, and as much as it, he, he, you know, we're talking about all of it. Um, my personal favorite is actually the Justice Society of America, twenty six issues, where Dale Eaglesham was mainly the artist. Oh my goodness, right. yeah, yeah. The Lightning Saga, uh, that, come on. Yeah, I got to be honest. I actually thought that's what we had agreed to. Like, <laughs> put, like at first, we put this at the vote. Um, in fact, I, I would. I, that is something. Um, that uh, just as those people listen to us discuss this, regardless of whether you come away from this thinking you need to jump on it, um, definitely I pick up the the Eaglesham Johns run. That that is fantastic. It's twenty six issues. It's uh, it, it it's 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 great in that it's it is self contained completely. I mean, you can just pick that up as a new starting point um, without having read all this. But of course, if you had read all this, you, you're getting even more out of it. But Eaglesham. Just was fantastic. I think he was one of the best in the business at the time he was doing this, and I love. I, I vividly remember every one of those issues like it was yesterday. So, uh, highly recommend that that particular run. I say that in response to every Dale Eaglesham book that mm-hmm. I that I encounter. Uh, the other day, I was looking at his Fantastic Four work. Yes, and mm-hmm. then his stuff on um, not Eclipso, uh, Sinestro. It's mm-hmm. like, why is Dale Eaglesham not? the top of the charts why is he not on uh like say fantastic four or like a like a um a, a huge even superman or or put him on a bat book or something just get him up yeah. there in the limelight but i mean he mean may not be fast enough his work mm-hmm. is impeccable though it is outstanding i i he the dude stuff just takes my breath away regardless of the context 
um, or character, right? He's he's great. Yep. A huge fan of Dale Eagle Show. Yep. And the cool thing about the Justice Society run was it was it was relaunched because it was right after Infinite Crisis where they relaunched all the books, yeah. and um, and it had a little bit of a, a Justice League Unlimited feel in that the roster got pretty big, mm-hmm. and then it tied into uh, Kingdom Come as well during yeah. a, an arc, which is so f- great too. Definitely. No. Definitely. Uh, let's uh, put well, let's this, jump back uh, onto this. Yeah. right. Let's put it in perspective. Um, this series started in 1999, correct? I think so. Yes. Mm-hmm. 1999 for comics was an up and down year. Uh, it was the year that um, Wildstorm initiated the America's Best Comics imprint. Mm-hmm. It was also, unfortunately, the year that Dennis Kitchen's Kitchen Sink went under. The uh, 1999 was also the year that uh, The Incredible Hulk in its original volume, uh, with issue 474, ceased publication. Mm -hmm. But, Jason would give me the big old woo-hoo, it was also the year that 100 Bullets by Azarello and Risso uh, debuted. It's my shit. I know. (laughs) Wow. Uh, The people we lost in 1999, we lost John Goldwater. Lee Falk, my phantom, Mandrake. Um, who else? Uh, th- 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 anybody that you would uh, lament the passing? That's about it. And you probably wouldn't lament those either. But um, so after having read this, I, I also felt this, the initial go around, but it um, just recently popped into my mind at work today. And so I'll frame it, and that's a, a pun when you hear uh, what I'm about to say. There mm-hmm. was a, a, a British uh, journalist, a rock and roll historian named Pete Frame. And he's well regarded in uh, music commentary circles as the guy who did this um, rock family tree. What he would do is he would take uh, the current incarnation of an entity, say uh, a a musical group like The Clash, right? And he would do this hand-lettered family tree type thing where he would say, okay, The Clash, here we go. We got Mick Jones, Joe Strummer, Paul Simonon, uh, Topperhead, and blah, blah, blah. And he would link the current incarnation of this group with... Their original groups, like the Joe Strummer would go up and it would be the uh, 101ers and the Mick Jones would go up and it it would be, um, what the hell was the name? Uh, London SS, right? Mm -hmm. And then he would trace the various incarnations of the Clash by roster and with little tiny branches that stemmed out um, from the original so then you'd have the clash and then the Joe Strummer part would branch out to Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros and it would list the people who was in that band and then maybe one or two of the people he played with went on to do other things and you'd get another branch to another group and then the the Mick Jones part would go out and it would list Big Audio Dynamite with all those people and the Paul Simonon would go out and list the bands he was in and all those people. I wish 
that there was a corresponding chart for the members of the JSA. Because uh-huh. at times, this book becomes very confusing in respect to who is linked to whom. Like, you you have um, Sandy and, you know, his branch of the JSA tree. And then you have um, Adam Smasher and his branch of the JSA. And I would just love to see a giant wall chart s- mm-hmm. starting with, like, say, the, the original members of the JSA, like, like um, Alan Scott, blah, blah, and just see how everything branches like uh, scott would be obsidian and it would go to the the daughter and then branch out from there and then maybe uh, a a pre- uh, uh, an ancestor of of Alan's, like you can go up and down on this thing i it would be fascinating if someone would take the pete frame approach to rock and roll and do it for comics i don't know maybe i don't know, maybe someone already has done this but oh, an at a glance wall chart just to show the lineage of these characters because that is the the core of what JSA is all about. It's about yeah. legacy and lineage and 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 paying it backwards and forwards and and history and just how all these characters have relationships with other characters. And it's like Marvel doesn't at the time Marvel didn't have a whole bunch of that. Like now we get Marvel Legacy only because it's a brand name that they're trying to instill the fact that we've been around a long time. But Legacy, the the concept of Legacy has been the core of DC Comics forever, right? It's in yeah. all of their and, and you'll see it in in if you chose to choose to read this JSA. JSA is indebted to All Star Squadron. Right. This incarnation of JSA. But JSA, as an entity, was the very first super team in comics. We're talking 1940. Yep. Yeah. In um, what was the... the, the it was uh, All-Star Comics, right? That's where they debuted. And so you have the pedigree of JSA is very important. They're the first super team. They they're, They predate Avengers. They predate Justice League. Like, these are the OG superheroes who decided to band together and at the time when the, i mean when this was coming out i was ignorant of that fact wait really yeah wow now that surprised me just because you you seem to be pretty tight and right with the history reese uh that's uh more of a um a seasoned mature i'm 52 approach huh? to comics so you never, but I, you didn't you didn't read a lot of all-star squadron uh i i have never read any all-star squadron wow. the even the crossovers with justice league of america with the those whole are, those are the only ones yeah okay. All, all-star squadron was never on the my ra- radar wow that's but that that's why some of this this dc stuff is confusing to me because i don't sure. have um a history with the the all-star squadron i the my dc learning coming up was justice league that's mm-hmm. it you know um, justice league batman and superman i i never uh treaded into the waters of um the 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 next tier yeah i read green lantern green arrow but only because neil adams was drawing it 
Right. You know, like there had to be a hook to get me on those books. But like you, I was a Marvel guy coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all I consumed. And and to, to get my attention away from Marvel had to be big doings, which was either Batman, Superman, or the Justice League. I mm-hmm. um, and, and regardless of the fact that Roy Thomas was connected to All-Star Squadron, I've never read it. I've, I I have still have yet to read it. That, that I don't I don't own any All Star Squadron issues. That amazes me. I'm I'm silly. I need to to rectify that. Is there an omnibus, an All Star Squadron? Mm, there may be. I don't think there's an omnibus. There may be some trades. Um, there's, uh, but you don't you don't need that. They're, they're not going to be expensive to find. I mean, I've had various issues over the years. The um, what about the. Uh, the one shot, the last days of the JSA, with them going up against uh, the last... basically Ragnarok. When did that come out? That was that that was uh, eighty five. That was around Crisis. That was a way to get them um, off the board. I'm drawing a blank on that. Is Dave Ross art or pencils at least? Um, it was uh, basically. Hitler got his hands on the Spear of Destiny, and they're now <laughs> caught in an endless loop. Um, he he kills them, and they all come right back because the Spectre's involved. So it's just it's there. That's that's how they're living. Their, in 1985, that was how they're living the rest of their days. They 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 as was their cause. They 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 fought Hitler, and and uh, they'd all die, and then they'd come right back up. Who, and who drew start that all over again? Dave Ross, David Ross. Mm. You know, the Spear of Destiny has been a thorn in the side, uh, no pun intended, to to the forces of good forever. Like, why don't they just destroy the Spear of Destiny? It's obviously too powerful of a thing to to be left, you know, intact. Destroy it, and then you don't have the problems anymore. Yes, I know yeah. it's a it's a religious relic or whatever you call something tied to a very important event in in religious history but just end it just get rid of it you know take it off the board <laughs> yeah i can't tell you how many stories i've i've read with the spear of damn destiny in it mm-hmm. like we should do a, a a a book of the month of all spear of destiny stories yeah yeah now uh, by the way so so while you're setting this up i think it's relevant because we often talk about our first experiences with this um you know, had been reading Marvel comics since the very early '80s. Had stopped reading comics pretty much during my four years of college. Immediately got back into comics weeks after graduating college, so that was '96. And I really had never read much DC. I mean, I had read some of the absolute, like, blow your mind classics. You know, like 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 DKR and Watchmen and stuff, like stuff that that transcended. You know, where like you can't go into a shop and people aren't like you got to read this, but 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 never really was a DC continuity person. Um, and then probably around '98 is when the shop I was going to in Hoboken, New Jersey, the guys you know started kind of like recommending some DC books to me. And so this was really one of the first books. This and Teen Titans and a few others were were some of the first modern ongoing DC books that I, I delved into and were really my first experiences into the broader DC universe uh, that led to me, you know, doing what we all do once we get obsessed and catching up on a lot of the stuff that I had missed over the years before. Um, so 
the JSA has always held a very special place in my heart, even though I came at it from a point where I didn't have an appreciation for the history of it. Um, this really, much like you said, Vince, in, in its own way for me, was my first DC super team. Um, you know, but put, uh, recognizing, of course, I mean, I was very familiar with the Justice League, but really had never read any Justice League comics. So I had read a bunch of this before I even got into Justice League. Um, so, and one of the things I think I found so attracted, I was so attracted by by this book was the clear, the clear reverence to the idea of legacy. Yep. You know, and, and I would say that I think that um, that I think putting aside what maybe both Marvel and DC are like today, I do think for most of our lives or comic fandom, the biggest difference between Marvel and DC is the is the idea of legacy. Sure. Um, exactly. You know, here we were last night just kind of I was busting on the idea of these amalgams or these these offshoots. And, and part of that is because for Marvel, it doesn't feel right. It, like it doesn't it just doesn't seem right to me that. Because uh, these characters are just their own characters, whereas it feels absolutely right with with DC. Because not only did we always have a idea of characters passing on their legacy, but most of the great iconic DC characters also had sidekicks that were junior versions of themselves. So it's always been part of of, of that comic universe, and just felt very natural. And 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 in rereading this. And we'll get to the details of, of of the stuff from the book, but but I will say that you know it is is a little less refined and 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 uneven than I remembered it the first time around. Absolutely, but but the thing that was not lost on me and and was the same as it was when I read it the first time off the stands was the idea of the love that these characters have for each other and that they span multiple eras of comicdom right from the golden to the silver to the modern. And that's a, that's a very endearing thing in a medium where we are largely propelled by our nostalgia. Yep. I have to admit, I found the reread of this series almost as daunting as my initial read because I don't have the experience with a lot of these characters, not uh, not having been a full bore DC fan when the original incarnations of these characters were coming out and the the whole All Star Squadron uh, thing, when it was coming out, I bought it every month because of the Alan Davis and Mark Farmer covers. That that's a hook. You're going to get me to buy it when you put Alan Davis on, and Farmer on the cover, but. I found it almost impenetrable because if you throw a character at, at me with which I'm not familiar, I want to know as much about that character as I possibly can. I do the, I trace it in my mind. The, the, the I'm doing the family tree thing. So for mm-hmm. one character, it's not bad when you have an entire team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and my one, moment of recognition in this series is the Wesley Dodds thing. I knew Wesley Dodds before this. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and um so he was my safe spot. Unfortunately the series kicks off with Wesley Dodds dying. So mm-hmm. my sympathies were with the creative team and and so you, that was my initiation into JSA was Wesley Dodds. 
it, it's it's a dark initiation because, like I said, he does choose to leave the land of the living, but what a way to get me into it. And and yes, I do have some experience with Dr. Fate. Sure. So, I, I mean, I love that character. At the time, even Hawkman was a mystery to me. It, it's been those years since where I boned up on my DC and, and actually did read all that stuff. Um, so I'm better for it now, but I still find JSA to be so deep where it's it's uh what can i compare it to it's 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 like um somewhat like the invisibles like all of the concepts that morrison brings to the table in the various volumes of the invisibles i would have to research and 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 just learn all of about all of the things that he's dropping in each panel and each storyline that I, I, I don't like to go into any work leaving a stone unturned because I feel like I'm missing something mm-hmm. that, that the creative team is setting up. Um, I read the Scarab miniseries. I don't know if this if that predated the Vertigo Scarab miniseries. Did that come out before this or after this? It may not I think before. It did? I think. I don't I don't quote me. Um I have no idea. Yeah, but this is this is weird because it's it's almost like we're my my feeling on this and my introduction and and my um, resume with the characters are a complete one eighty from you two. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm guessing well, that's speak to be on true. it because I was going to say we haven't really heard your your views on it, and and, and surprisingly, this is your first read of it, which is shocking to me. Yes, uh, no, okay. uh, and Vince, just because if you're going to put it in the show notes, I want to make sure the title's right. It's the Last Days of the Justice Society Special yeah. from 1986. It's not going in the show notes. It's just going to okay. be flat out book of the month. Okay. Let, let's give him some surprises. Um. So my, I. I enjoyed the All-Star Squadron back in the day. Um, I would buy it, and it, it was um, that you had the, the Rich Buckler art, you had the Arville Jones art. There was there, there and it. I liked it back then because it was it was smart in the sense that because occasionally Superman might show up, but this was this was. Amazing Man, it was uh, Sandman, it was Green Lantern, Our Man, Black Canary, but they were obviously it was it was Earth Two, and it was because um, back then in the eighties, Earth Two or the Golden Age heroes, Earth Three were the uh, villainous analogs. But the so that was you knew it was basically always nineteen forty five in 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 this comic. Uh, so I had the sense of separation from what else, everything else going on in the DC universe, whether it was Blue Beetle or Blue Devil or the regular plain old Justice League of America. Uh, so the they were called the All Star Squadron because they weren't the Justice Society, but the All Star Squadron they were set in that time, and and I was able to enjoy them and appreciate them in that time. And I think that baggage that that um, 
that assumption or that that needing them to be from that era and and kind of stuck then prevented me from enjoying this book one as much as I probably could have if I'd gone in cold without knowing anything about the history of these characters or what else happened because mm-hmm. it, it, if you are a if you're if you're a post infinite crisis fan which is me okay or a um well because that's when i started reading dc in on moss true um or even a a post for me it's identity crisis that, that's really when i started okay reading. right yeah. right yeah threw me off so um so you wouldn't have that you because by that point you know those those characters were long gone and 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 no one's thought about them so so there is no no connection to to that era so if you're reading jsa uh and these characters are set in present time because even even black canary is like you know well i'll just i'll I'll give oracle a call and it's like okay so so obviously this is this is modern times this is this is Mm -hmm. This is a contemporary comic because it's it's happening now. Um, I, I it's difficult for me to read these characters in a modern day telling setting. It, it's it's I just they are they're golden age heroes. They're whether it's 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 their their names or their outfits like yeah okay great he's sentinel no he's still green lantern to me and and the color scheme with some of these th- i mean even at least in that one issue with, with wildcat even um red tornado shows up because he tosses the statue down the, the shaft but the there's just something about the way these characters look and and how how they act how they present themselves it's it's difficult for me to accept them and and believe that it's happening standing side by side of, of, mm-hmm. uh, of Batman and the Outsiders, for example. It's just, it's, so it, it's, I have to, I, the story itself was cool, especially, you know, you see, you see Kent and, and Inza Nelson and um, Hector Hall, who this, I think, what would have helped or at least you know here's a if if this is a book about characters that have been around for decades hell at this point almost a century when they throw out little comments like adam smasher who used to be nuclon and hector hall who is now dr fate in this story but before that he was so they're 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 mentioning characters and and the team Infinity Inc. Same thing with Mister Bones, and it's like so. At no point in this collection th- does does DC say hey, and that's fine. It, it, it's weird that if they just want to move forward and and not bog you down with things that happened in the past, but but you're mentioning you're referencing things at, from the past. So if somebody does want to learn more about these characters, then then at least nudge them, get, get, give them a an idea as to where else these characters may have shown up. Um, but the looks and, and the personalities for me, I find it hard for them to, to, to be in the here and now. Um, the art I thought was, it's weird. I, I, I didn't dislike the art. There were, there were some, some pages, some panels where things were better 
than others, but uh, it as I'm reading it, it was I found it. It's weird that for so many people to love this series, I I expected to be blown away and knocked on my ass with the art, and I wasn't. And obviously, the art is not. The selling, I mean, the art's fine, but but it's 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 by Jeff Johns. It's 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 Goyer and Robinson and Johns bringing these characters back or or introducing them, and that that's the hook, the story, the the sense of family and and how they're moving forward. That's that's what's getting people in and going to keep them coming back month after month. Um, I am also still not a big jack knight fan and he's not in every issue but a little goes a long way with him for me and and even a little i i was getting into that eye-rolling territory where it's like okay i just i I know it's a jsa book there needs to be a star man but he for whatever reason he just annoys me but i thought the um I really liked the foreshadowing, the the planting of some seeds that that, that they did throughout the se- throughout this book. Uh, I it's weird. It might sound like I'm coming down on it. I did not. I liked it. I I, I liked it planted. I didn't want to say I didn't. I didn't love it, but it is. It's it's a very entertaining read. I was expecting to be blown away by it and i wasn't mm-hmm. well i i hear what you're saying i don't like i'm not gonna run from the criticism of this that you're giving like i did when you guys were shitting on next wave because that hurt my heart but um i'll get over it at some point though um <laughs> obviously <definitely>. not <laughs> <laughs> um first of all relative to the art uh the majority of the pencils are by steven sadowski yes because uh, we haven't mentioned that um now there are fill-ins um by buzz who it's almost hard to believe. Uh, remember that Buzz used to actually do comics, but um, but he did, and also a an issue by I think one of the first, if not his first, uh, work for a major publisher by Marcos Martin. Very yes. well, Marcos Martin. Now, I will throw this out, um, not knowing how you guys are going to react. I would go so far as to say that the best looking penciler in the book uh, was Buzz. Um. I, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think I, it looked great. And, and I, what I've seen of Buzz between these issues and I know he did the, that Dr. Strange book. I, I, I know that he basically worked himself out of comics by being really slow and missing deadlines, but the dude can definitely draw. And, and I know he's not like whatever Vince's favorite person ever, but, but he can draw. Hey, he, hey, 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 what, what is that about? <laughs> Well, is that? I think you've acknowledged that you got like you're not, right? My experience with him yeah, o- over the years, the show, Vince, it's work, like, right, right. My my experiences with him over the years were not the highlight of wherever sure. yeah. it was that I would interact with him. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. You're right. But he can draw, and I will say that uh, Buzz was one of the very first pieces of OA I ever owned. Yes, yes. that's true. That's true. So, but but anyway, getting back to the point, I mean, most of it is Sadowski. I mean, it's Sadowski's book. The other the other people are fill yeah. in. and um, um, just to Sadowski's chime in, chime in mm-hmm. on that uh, 
the what do you think the best artist is on this book? I don't think it's Buzz. Okay, not, not by a long shot. I wow. Think, okay. So yeah, we, I think Sadowski is the man. I okay. I, I love his work. I think mm-hmm. whoever chose him uh, to be on this project, the 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 selection was insightful because I think Sadowski has a mix of the classic approach to comics uh the 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 silver slash bronze age um approach to to doing especially a team book his his figure drawing is uh, he's a realist but there's a sheen to the book that mirrored what was going on in the comic industry at the time so he has a a, a mixture of old and new that he brought to mm-hmm. the table. That's why I think he's the, cause that's the entire book in a nutshell. It's a mixture of old and new. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think Sadowski's phenomenal. I, I didn't, I didn't mind Sadowski on this reread, but I'm with David. I, I don't think, I think the art style is of the time. And so I don't think it aged as well. It looks a little stiff to me in places. Um, but, but yeah, I don't mind it either. I, I, I had no problems with the art. Uh, the, I mean, there are some panels like, like with me, um, when Wildcat fights alone, there, yeah, Count Vertigo looks great. I think it, if if it's a if if they're not wearing a lot of clothes or like at, at the funeral, um, Adam Smasher, that I mean, maybe the intent was that he he's he's a big dude, so he's really not going to be able. Yeah, I wouldn't think he'd he'd get close. He'd get it suit off the rack i think maybe it'd be a little t- they're just little things that weren't as smooth as other things he 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 definitely moved the book along but there were some inconsistencies for me that that now see now you guys got me feeling some kind of way because i don't see sadowski's work as being anything but impeccable especially mm. the, the 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 funeral sequences that those two double paid spreads in the first issue i think they're outstanding the the just the way the characters are positioned oh, their yeah, body were, language yes yes yeah, yeah. And, uh, i i think the faces are solid and you know he you even got jack putting his his hands up to his mouth so he can whisper to alan and i th- that's all fine but i, I i'm looking it, it's it's weird for some because al is so large i keep looking at at him and there, there are some clothes that that look great but then there are others that are just that that, that are kind of sloppy and and not intentionally it's it's just it, it's weird but i think i th- and and he's another one who he doesn't really kind of shy away from backgrounds he, he's he's not trying to no, just no 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 put up a face and and i i enjoyed his um you know the, his version of of the the post bloodlines dr fate or, or just i'm sorry fate um which again they mention him once and he dies and and it's like okay so if, if i wanted to know more about him it's, it's again though that that's that's neither here nor there but yes i'm uh, i think albert's a sloppy dude because i mean he must he's got his pants he's... rolled up look at the his pants are rolled up they're not cuffed he's just rolling them up and and his hair is messy. Oh, his I hair mean, is a mess. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just kind of like a floppy, froppish kind of dude. I don't know. I just... Yeah. Well, let me, let, don't 
let me just be clear, Vince. Again, I I, I don't dislike the art. As I said, I I, I think the art's solid. I it, I'm I'm with that, but I don't think it's the the, the best. I don't think it aged a hundred percent well. But but this isn't. I'm not saying this is like how I feel about John Cassidy or Greg Land. I, right, I like it. Right, I like right. it. I, I just I just don't. It's it's not my favorite. I mean, I'm not I'm not like looking at it with 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 my jaw on the floor. I'm not aghast at at it, thinking God, I'd love to own a page from this book. But, oh, but I wouldn't I, mind I, a page. Yeah, I think right. But I'm, I'm so. I'm, but I'm just point is, I don't want people to, to take it as I think the art is bad. I I'm just saying it's it's for me the art is 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 good. But I'm not I'm not revisiting this book because of Sadowski's art. I think it's fine. It's it's more it's more than fine. It's per, it's it's an effective part of why I enjoyed the book and remembered it so vividly upon my rereading. Uh, but it is not his style is not among my favorite artistic styles. That's all. Oh, I, you don't have to defend your, your, your opinion. Well, when, when my boo starts saying we're making it feel some kind of way, like, I, I don't think I really when I may say understand. That, you're like, yeah, peace. We still hated it. But I try and <laughs> make a point of, 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 of bridging, bridging us back together, closing that gap. Right. I mean, I look at Sadowski's work and I see Courtney, whose body type is nowhere near the same mm-hmm. as as uh, Hippolyta's, like it's just there. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's a now is Hippolyta related to Hippolyta, or is that a different character? In, in Smartass Land, I don't know. Maybe she is, <laughs> but uh, no, just the the like like David said about the suit, and it's just there are different body types, there are yep. different facial expressions. His backgrounds are kicking. I think his women are super sexy. He he knows. He definitely draws women better than men. I agree. With um, Wonder Woman's mother, he puts <laughs> he puts just enough of a crease. Yep. In in where where her leg meets her um, golden age uh, spot, it's <laughs> it's just it's damn sexy. And when when she's back to the viewer, he always puts a little bit of the buttocks yep. peeking through like he i i think uh, all right I, well let's not dwell on it but w- so we have two votes good enough and and i i i just i adore his work yeah 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 but it is like you said it's it's a work that is of its time this is not the kind of stuff you would see in you know the image explosion years you know this is classic storytelling it's it's a it's a with with modern sensibilities but the at, right. the, at the core of it it it's a, a classic realistic approach mm-hmm. to to uh the superhero genre yes all right where do we want to go from here well we want to jump in talk about the narrative yeah, um, big picture, because, again, I think this is a book, if we chose to, mm-hmm. we we could do a series of episodes on this one volume alone, because there's sure. so much going on. Just examining the characters, their 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 lineage, that would take up an entire episode. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, it's not an easy book in which to slide. Maybe I'm alone in that assessment, but I, I just think there you you need to know a whole bunch of stuff to get into this this volume. Yes, it's very expository. There is a lot of dialogue. 
It's right. I mean, that's fair to say. Yep. Yes. Um, but I mean, but there is a cohesive narrative and there's what, maybe three, I guess, three adventures in this book, essentially three arcs. Yeah. Plus a little one, little one off, which may have been one of my favorite parts of this, of the, of the volume, the wildcat issue. Um, um, which was like an interstitial, but I guess we'll get to that. Um, so we start off with, um, with a death basically. Yep. Good old Wesley Dodds. The original Sandman, correct? Yeah. He's going to meet his uh, love of his life, Diane, in the afterlife. Um, and, and he leaves, or he kills himself. So the information on uh, the identity of the child that is born that will pick up the, uh, the mantle of uh, Dr. Fate does not want that information falling into the wrong hands. He knows that there's, there's three um, possible candidates for the, uh, the, the, let's call it the fate child. Um, and uh, so as to not have uh, that information get where he doesn't want it to go, he, he takes his own life. Which is kind of cray. Yeah. I think it's a very noble thing to do. It's a very, mm. very, very brave thing to do. Well, he was up there in age anyway, and he was just separated from his other, Diane. I mean, uh, if, you, if you've read Sandman Mystery Theater, you know all of the things that these two characters have experienced together. Yeah. So, I mean... Well, I think, I think you know from prior, prior conversations in our friendship, I have a distinctly different view. Uh, I, I struggle with calling suicide brave, but, but, but nevertheless, it's a story part. It's a, it, it is a story trope, so it's fine. It is. Um, but if there was a bunch of people with guns pointed at your family, you would not step in front of the bullets? That's suicide. Yes, I wouldn't consider that suicide, though. But. Well, <laughs> it's, it's... It's more like, like sacrifice. Okay, then let's use which that. Is what he, which is okay. what he does, yeah. He yeah, does Wesley cool. sacrifices yes, himself. He sacrifices himself. Ah, yeah. there we go. There we go. Semantics is fun. Isn't it though? Yeah. <laughs> so I always thought it'd be a great villain that we, if we named him Sam Antic. <laughs> you write golden age characters, really? <sighs> Samuel Antic. Maybe that'll be my breakout book. That'll be my first book. Yeah. Sam Antic. Good luck with that. <laughs> wow, Dick. Who's the Dick now? Oh my right? goodness. <sighs> so pick now, it how up. Do you, how do you feel about this Hour Man? Android Hour Man. Yeah. Um, David would know. Did the Hour Man series precede this or come out? Oh, no. David would not know. Oh, really? Because I didn't read that either, that that Hour Man series. So the the (laughs) fact that um, you you have a character who is a a conglomerate, he's he's the vision of the group, but... Mm -hmm. Um, how did they put it in the in the book? He's a, a a group entity of something that contains the consciousness of Matthew Tyler, Rex Tyler. Later, hmm? I thought it was Matthew. No, it's Rex. Rex. 
Okay. Rick Sellers, the original Iron Man. Uh, the Iron Man. The original Iron Man. All right. Why am I thinking Matthew? <laughs> I have no uh-huh. idea. All right. I don't know, bro. <laughs> you all right? We threw you for that. It seems one. like, no, it seems I, like I, I the have, whole argument I, hinged on his name being Matthew. I'm thinking it is Matthew. Why? The original Hour Man. No. Oh, okay. But this, as we go, as we go in, Morrison has something to do with this character. I know it. I I know it. All right. That this Hour Man is based upon Rex Tyler, but he's not Rex Tyler. No, he has. You know what? Vince is absolutely right. There was Rex Tyler, who was right. the original Hour Man. Then there right. was Rick Tyler, who was Rex's son. And then there's Matthew Tyler, who is an android modeled on Rex Tyler's DNA. Okay, this is, is more- and, this is Matthew Tyler. Does, this is 100 percent right. Does there's a Morrison connection? Yeah, I'm thinking JLA. That there- I don't know. Uh, I don't. I'm just. Uh, I did the old. Uh, oh, okay. The old uh, Wikipedia search on Hour Man found that. So. Wiki, wiki. So um, the whole deal is this fate child is going to be born. And fate's um, artifacts, the helmet. First appearance, JLA number 12. Nice. Fate's artifacts are being hunted down by a group called, correct me if I'm wrong, the Children of Anubis. Yes? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's th- the team splits up in classic um, super team fashion into groups. Would have been neat if they put a strip down the side and say, you know, like they did in in uh, Justice League. Whenever the team, sp- that you would have the roster on the side with the little faces. That'd be neat, but they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the 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 group splits into to pocket. JSA groups and they go after all of the the potential candidates um the one the winner will be born with an Ankh symbol somewhere on its body three onculus it is <laughs> and uh i got to say the even back in my initial read the thing that made me a little bit calmer reading it was when the uh the Sandy origin was referenced when mm-hmm. when um, Adam Smasher and Courtney are walking down the the hallway and they're seeing all the the artifacts of the of the JSA and they get to that image of Superman and Batman um, with Sandy giant Sandy made out of sand. That was one of my favorite issues of Justice League of America. It was oh, a, nice. it was a hundred page issue. Those, one of those giants. One of those wonderful 100-page uh, DC uh, comics. And so I remembered that cover. That was my, that was my link in this, this uh, initial arc. I was like, all right, I, I know this. <laughs> Everything else that's going on, not so much. But this one moment, yes, because I bought it off the rack. And I read it and I loved it. So mm-hmm. Sandy, he's okay. I know him. Um, but... Uh, and and the, the another very important aspect of this book, I think, was the inclusion of 
Courtney. Yes. She yeah. she is always one of my favorite characters throughout the entire JSA run. Yeah, and but she's the youth. Mm-hmm. The, the, what this team needed was youth, but she's a youth that is also um, making with the legacy. Yep. She's she finds the original um, Star Spangled Kids gear and becomes Star Girl in in retrospect. So it's again well, it's, it's that it's, legacy it's, thing. It, it's worth noting that. Um... She's she's based on Jeff Johns's deceased sister. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Johns wrote Stars and Stripes, so Stripe is her stepdad. Right. He's in the comic. Yeah, Pat. Um, Johns wrote a miniseries, Stars and Stripe, and he patterned her after his uh, his sister who had passed. And he his sister must have passed within the first year because there is an issue towards the end of this first book that uh, is dedicated. So I'm guessing that that's for her. Oh. Uh, she died in uh, she died in the TW Flight 800 explosion in 1996. Oh, okay. So then, okay. So maybe maybe that's mom. Okay. Yep. So Courtney. So he he created the character of Courtney Whitmore uh, to to memorialize his sister. Huh. And and so. I I also find the whole black canary thing very confusing. Well, now see, I, I didn't. It's interesting you say that because, because so, so what you're referring to is that in this continuity, Black Canary's mom was Black Canary. Yes, just like it used to be. Yeah, which is totally fine. Like I got that. It wasn't. This is quote unquote our Black Canary. Though this is the one that shacks up with Green Arrow birds and, prey and yeah. birds of prey and yeah, yeah. This was the unfortunate time in her costume period, though. Hated this costume. But I thought this was the daughter of Black Canary. The it, Black... Is. it is. Okay, all right, good. So, you, in, in this continuity, the, the Black Canary that we know in our comics was a legacy character. She is the daughter of the original Black Canary who was a member of the All-Star Squadron. Okay. And they have since merged all of that continuity into one uh, Black Canary? Maybe Dap knows it. I feel like they've kind of just pretended like all of the all-star squadron stuff like i don't know that that's ever been acknowledged in this new dc continuity so the black canary that was in the mike grell green arrow series is this is this this one yeah this is the one that we've read most of the time yes the justice league member the green arrow wife the head of the birds of prey she's awful flirty with with uh starman awful flirty you wouldn't think Starman would be her type. True. Eh, she likes the bad no, boys. No, okay, no. Issue, all right. Issue um, 15 is dedicated to uh, Courtney Elizabeth Johns. So. That's so sad. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, but... but, but yeah, no, but I didn't... Courtney passed away. Right. Before, yeah. yeah, it wasn't, yes. So, yeah, so it's... it's, it's our Black Canary... Um, our Wonder Woman's mother. Uh, it, it's very much like what they did with New 52, where they kept the continuity or the history of, of Green Lantern and Batman, but everything else got reshuffled. It, it, that's, that's, that's another thing about me enjoying these characters 
in the time that they're actually from. Um, because you do get, you know, if, if these are characters that have been around since the 40s, why the hell does Alan Scott look so young? How does Wildcat still look like? It? And it's, you know, they, they explain the whole thing is, you know, borrowed the energy from from uh, someone else so that they could stay looking young. Um, as the series continues in this book, there was something that made me smile in that the, um, the mention of Harold Jordan, Hal Jordan's nephew, mm-hmm. uh, who I remember reading those airwave backups um, from the early 80s and or late 70s because um, he had the most ridiculous costume because he had roller skates and, and uh, he would he would <laughs> glide along the goddamn telephone wires um but the, the the fact that they that they used him and uh, and and cobra but they they were manipulating airwave uh that made me smile something that didn't really make me smile was was the almost waste of bringing dove back just to just so she could sacrifice herself. Um, but that whole story, I, I, I should have liked it a lot more, but because extant was the villain and, and you of course get to relive zero hour to, to a degree. Um, yeah, a little bit. Doesn't, doesn't make it so enjoyable. Um, no, I never read Zero Hour, so <laughs> lucky bastard. The it, it, and again, it's it's another. It was another way for DC to try to clean up instead of just leaving things alone and and letting things progress or just you know exist. They they because of what Crisis on Infinite Earth started with with ignoring to a degree, ignoring the past and, and mashing them all together so that it's, it's the, there was never a, a golden age Superman. It's just been the same dude since, since the eighties. Whenever they try to, to do things like that, they, they go back and try to, uh, fix it or at least clean it up so that it could try to make sense because they end up, mentioning or bringing back a character who existed before the the reboot and then that nobody ever it, 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 i mean it happens with Hawkman. nobody ever really kind of just slides it in all nice and easy it, it's it's yeah i don't think there's a nice and easy with the dc universe no uh, yeah there, you could fill a, a 500 page book with just the Hawkman legacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so dense. I think, and then legacy uh, is, I think legacy is a double-edged sword. Yes. I love it. Uh, the, the history is very important in, in comics to, at least to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and history is also very daunting to, to new readers. So I'm surprised. I mean, I don't think JSA was a huge seller, 
in this in this run, but I think it was it obviously it did well enough. Well, yeah, to propel it past you know how many issues did this run? Eighty. 81. 81 and then Eight, 26 on just deciding. Yeah, I mean it's so it's it's a it's a beloved book but it's um it's it's a tough sell especially with with Marvel fans uh those who were weaned on Marvel. It, it's just it's um it goes against the grain. Um but Mordru that's my jam. <laughs> like Legion of Superheroes, I loved me some Amethyst um and so Mordru was was okay. I mean, I think he's a great villain. Super wizard. You you guys didn't like Mordru? No, he's totally fine. I mean, I yeah. I don't I don't know that I had a huge draw from one or one way or another. To me, he was just more of a uh, a vessel. Um, I mean, it's just funny. I guess again, how you, like David was remarking that Extant was a like I I thought Extant was cool. I mean, for me the. The the best villain in the in, in the in the volume is uh, is Obsidian though. <laughs> so I'm not crazy about. I think Obsidian. that's the strongest of the. Um, and I'm not including the Injustice League, right? So Injustice yeah. Society, because that's they're a one off. That there's a one. Just uh, we're we're jumping. We're we're un we're we're uncharacteristically unstructured tonight about this. But um, um, there's an issue in between two of the arcs where. Uh, is it the Injustice Society or League? Which is it? Society. It, or gang. Society, gang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they pop up and uh, are looking at, to off Wildcat. And, and even though Wildcat is essentially just a, a human boxer who's tough as nails and has nine lives. Um, but he's a human. He doesn't have any superpowers beyond the, the nine lives. He essentially takes on this group of of supervillains single-handedly just through his cunning and savvy and toughness and beats the shit out of them. Um, I love that little interstitial. I, I love those little one shots where you get to know a character. Um, yep. That was a wise choice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's all naked and shit. Yeah. And he still beats him. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it? the first arc of this was the most confusing to me, maybe because I didn't read like, I like, I mean with the more drew and then the Dr. Fate stuff and the babies, I, I, I didn't like, I didn't quite get how a baby suddenly morphs into into a hall like like how did all that like I, I didn't quite get what that like how does the baby become dr fate who is actually the resurrected hall like i don't i don't understand how that happened i'm thinking that the the uh the flesh was merely a sh- conduit to get hector hall into the land of the living uh, the baby was probably a blank slate when it was born, it, it it had to emerge into reality, in quotes. So the the baby, you know, gestated. But I'm sure I don't think there was a consciousness associated with the baby. It was it was merely a vessel in through which to to bring the the Lord of Order through. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just guessing. I mean, yeah, it is confusing how how because then you then you have to wonder, well, okay, what about this child like in its untouched form? Was it a a being? Like did it have of a Of course it was. It was a baby. But what I'm saying was I don't think it, it it it's disturbing to think that this human life was sacrificed in order to for for 
fate to be born again. That's uh, what I'm getting at. It's right. Like I'm hoping creepy. it is kinda creepy, creepy right? but I'm yeah. I'm hoping that it was just a a, a body bag with, without the 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 consciousness that drove that that propels this the the body uh it it is very disturbing to think that this young life was uh squashed or or snuffed out just so you can have another iteration of Dr. Fate mm-hmm. but but Dr. Fate's important order and yeah. chaos i mean those are the two big opposing forces of the the universe right so uh, he he fulfills a very important role but right. At, it, that's a good question to uh it's a conundrum right do you, do you obliterate this infant in order to save countless millions of lives or do you do what nature does and give this thing a chance yeah. that's a neat spin on it by the way there's a scene in the uh first issue where we're we're meeting all of the the protagonists all the characters and we're introduced to Kendra mm-hmm. and she's up on the yeah yeah and she's she's getting dressed in her uniform. Yep. I mean that's a straight that's straight out of porn comics. I mean she's lifting her shirt, and you mm-hmm. see her midriff, mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden you know, you, we're literally you see you see most of her boob, and we're we're like a millimeter away from seeing nipple, and she's pulling her shirt off. It's 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 startling for for its placement within an otherwise benign G-rated superhero book. Yeah. I'm not mad at it at all. I'm just saying it's it's noticeable. But that is not in the JSA run proper. That's in the the right, right. secret files. Yeah, I yeah. And the J, the JSA run proper starts with uh, your boy Mordrew killing off different Kid characters. Eternity. Yeah, Kid Eternity. Yeah. Um, I look at that uh, that sequence as a misstep. It doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 there's a there's a sexiness to JSA, but it's subtle. That's yeah. nothing. Uh, there's nothing subtle about that. Sequence. Now, was the inclusion of Sandman, as in Neil Gaiman Sandman, just for fan service purposes, or are uh, these characters all tightly linked? Wesley Dodds was um, featured in Sandman. Okay, but um, this could be creative retconning. I think I don't. I mean, aside from game and stuff that did feature Wesley, the things that weren't written by uh, David did did uh, Dream or or Daniel appear in Sandman Mystery Theater at all? I not, can't. Not I, early on. I don't know if he did towards the end. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's a neat link, right? For sure. It's it's yeah. a nice way, and and it's it's a uh, uncommon. You you didn't see. Daniel popping up in everything back then. Yeah. Now it's a cause for celebration. I mean, look at what's going on with uh, Doomsday Clock. That's the one where no um, metal. That um, you got a link to to Sandman through metal. Yes. Right. It's, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're all at uh, Dodds's funeral. All the old and the new, and uh, all of a sudden uh, Jared Stevens pops up, who is uh, known as Fate. Terrible costume. So yeah, I'm assuming he's 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 a version of Doctor Fate. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the the Lords of Order, or he's a, a fighter for order. Yeah, okay. I, I I didn't read that series either. Okay, but he did. He did. He shows up in the Wars, he but he's dead. dead. So they're like, oh, and then like you said, the uh, well designed the um, the uh, Anubis uh, yeah. sons of Anubis show up. So 
And so they all do their fighting, whatever, show off their powers, take care of business. The, the sons of Anubis are basically uh, wolf-like mummy creatures. And uh, since they're mummies, they get the okay to basically obliterate them because, of course, heroes don't kill. But in this case, it's already dead. They're allowed to kill. And, uh, and then Scarab shows up. And again, for me, this is the first time I'd ever heard, seen Scarab. Had no reference, frame of reference, but I'm guessing he's a character that had been around comics before. Again, terrible costume. I I, I have to look terrible, at the, right? Yeah, right Farscape, the open jaw on the left yeah. side, just terrible. The the one uh, splash in issue two where they show the table, the Justice Society table, and they're all sitting around mm-hmm. it, and and Scarab is standing there. I'm I'm confident that everybody sitting at that table is thinking, man, that's a shit costume. That's <laughs> terrible. And that's and when, e- and that's when, even and Black when, Canary. I was gonna say when Adam Schma- when Adam Smasher is telling you, you got a bad costume, you got a bad costume. Yeah, yeah it's just weird. By the way, it is worth noting too, because uh, how can we not? Alan Davis and Mark Farmer did the covers to all these issues. For real, yeah. And uh, they're pretty damn sweet. Butamus. And they they are in the collected edition. They so um, yeah. And then we get uh, we get to a little. They they get back to the Justice Society of America building to hear Scarab's uh, story. Um, and uh, as Vince already alluded, he kind of explains the situation. There's Dr. Fate's dead. They need to find a new vessel for Dr. Fate. It's three babies. They all split up and they, and they go off on their adventures. And um, the, uh, the teams are, let's see, we've got, uh, who are the teams? We've got. Um, well, it's a mixture. Sand. Of, yeah. Hmm? Sand, Mama Wonder Woman and Sentinel. Who is the who is Alan Scott, aka the original Green Lantern? Yes, um, he's not gay at this point, right? No, no, the, the gay I think is the new Fifty Two thing. Okay. Um, the gay, the gay. <laughs> then we've got uh, the Star Flash. Man. Yes, Jay Star Man. Who's Robinson's main? Ca- I mean, Robinson's writing this issue, so of course Starman's in it, and uh, and Black Canary. Black Canary. And then we've got Android, Hour Man, Adam Smasher, and Wildcat. Yep. But there's a wild card. Courtney. Yes. Courtney. Yes, Courtney. She uh, she's tagging along because they, she's not, uh, according to the adults, she's um, not quite fit for uh, prime time, and uh, she's sulking and everything. You know, the old "woe is me" thing, and she overhears a little bit of um, dialogue and steps through a port, a very important dialogue that. You know, maybe we shouldn't let go. But she steps through a portal and follows someone uh, to a very crucial uh, event. I mean, she almost sacrifices herself. She just mm-hmm. he- heads uh, runs headlong into battle uh, to stop Mordrew when, pound for pound, I mean, she's severely outclassed with Mordrew. And she, she doesn't even give it a, a second thought. And mm-hmm. I, Courtney is the, the crucial element to this first first arc. Yeah, she does. And, she does the deed that um, uh, turns the tide. Mm-hmm. So on these quests for the babies, the first team comes up short. The second team shockingly comes up short, and the third team, which is the Wildcat, Hourman, and Adam Smasher team, goes to a hospital in Vancouver, and the doctor's like, "Oh, we've got a baby, Jane Doe." Founder of an island, she's got an unk birthmark. So we're like, oh, 
So they're about to go in and grab her. And who's in there? Are, but somebody's already got the baby in, in their arms, and it is Kendra, Hawk Girl. Yep. And she rolls out because she's, she's trying to take the baby. They intervene, and it turns out that Kendra was told by uh, by her peeps, her grandfather, to uh, to capture the baby. So, hence, enter Hawk Girl into the JSA equation. And then uh, Mordrew shows up and zaps the shit out of all of them, grabs the baby, and uh, basically beats the shit out of uh, the JSA. Makes quick work with them, essentially. Um, although, he does get his hand cut off. In this uh, wonderfully uh, designed dimension where it looks like M.C. Escher was uh, yes. the architect. Crazy shit. And we, we see the, uh, the Tower of uh, Fate. But um, I want you guys to look at something. I found mm-hmm. it a very um, odd uh, choice mm-hmm. to, to color it this way. The double page splash where that begins with Adam Smasher being um, thrown into the ground. You have all the rocks flying all over the place and Courtney almost gets hit. Um, and then you have a little bit of dialogue between our man and Mordrew. The next panel where, where Courtney is, um, listening for a heartbeat mm-hmm. on, on Adam Smasher. It looks like Mordrew had a little bit of fun with the body. Doesn't it? Like, look at the, like, is that sweat? Oh, yes. It yes, looks like he yes. jizzed on him. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so gross. Isn't it? Like, what is, okay, I understand that it's sweat, but that doesn't look like sweat. You're right. <laughs> that looks like a map for the Philippines. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> he made him his Ar- bitch. At least, at, least an, at least an archipelago of some sort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, again, that is just. No, a- I admit, I, I. I have read a lot of DC at this point in my life, but I've never understood Dr. Fate. Oh, so it's been really? very confusing to me. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I know it's about order versus chaos, but I've never yeah. understood like, is the helmet Dr. Fate? Whoever wears it just like shares that, well, that visage. I mean, what is the, the helmet and the amulet are, are crucial, um, parts to Dr. Fate. Yeah, sure. Um, but- uh, the, I don't want to say the power, the power is in the artifacts, but you have to be, the 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 wielder of the artifacts has to be has to meet a certain criteria let's just say it's it's there's a reason why amalgam did doctor strange fate he's he's very much doctor strange for the dc universe the um a lot but, more complex though i mean oh yeah yeah sure sure uh yeah. in in all star squadron the doctor fate the kent Nelson, Dr. Fate from that series, the, uh, the helmet, he had actually cut the helmet. So it kind of looked a little bit like, like, uh, guardian. So you, it's like Batman's cowl. It was just from the, the nose down, it was open, uh, because the helmet can, the helmet really fucks with your mind. It, it's yeah. like, cause, cause he, he even mentioned it, you know, when, when Hector's wearing it, it's like, it doesn't sound like Hector anymore. And, um, and so Kent had cut it because it would, it allowed him to kind of be a bit more, uh, in control. Right. Right. But remember that, um, that mini series, the helmet of fate, when the helmet was, popping around the DC universe and you had detective chimp and all these characters trying to locate the helmet. I mean, 
is the helmet sentient? I don't know for sure, but there's there's a strong overpowering presence that combines with the wielder of the helmet and the amulet. So, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Doctor Str- Doctor Strange, uh, Freudian there slip. You go. Fate is is uh, again a very like Hawkman. There's a lot going on with Doctor Fate that isn't doesn't immediately bubble to the surface. I mean, if I if we sit back and think of all the instances with Doctor Fate, yeah, I mean the the history reveals itself to us because we've experienced it. But to say Doctor Fate is this, that's another problem with this series because you can't say Doctor Fate is this. Or Hawkgirl is this. Because there's so many layers to these characters. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah. What? That's a beautiful uh, spread. I love this this page. Which page? The one with the, the unfortunate matter. Oh, uh, no. Oh. Yeah. But, um, again, to go into, into deep, deep detail on these books would would take more time than we we have i mean it's just there there's a it's a it's a dc history lesson it is it is i mean and that arc basically comes down to more drew versus fate in a lot of ways essentially and uh the jsa wins yeah well and, and then they're kind of, I'm I'm glad it it did come down to that because that was the the crux of the entire adventure was to to secure the the next Doctor Fate so it should have been yeah. more Drew and and they are agents of order and chaos that's this is the way it should have ended yeah and the arc ends with sand turning to sand yeah dun 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 somebody get a vacuum cleaner yep and then yeah, he shows up. Uh, he shows up on a beach somewhere where a bunch of super hot chicks in bikinis are playing beach volleyball. <laughs> so fortunate for him. Kudos. And then the, what, so the next arc is, uh, in essence, a, a bit of foreshadowing because not only does uh, Mr. Terrific enter the picture, but um, the villain is Black Adam. Yes. It is, and it's, in my opinion, the weakest that- Picture of Black Adam I've ever seen in comics. Well, I think the power had to be leavened because Black Adam is amazingly powerful. Yes. Well, and, and also in this, in this, he's being possessed by somebody, so it's not really him. He's more of a mindless ne'er do well in this arc. Also, have uh, completely glossed over the introduction of a new character. Well, he, Dave uh, Vince just said, "Mr. Terrific." You did. Yeah. Yes. But he does. I mean, there's not much there. The first, first issue or two, there's not much there. We are we're just introduced no. to Mr. Yeah. But but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. But he doesn't just come to prominence like later in uh, later in the series. I mean, he's uh, uh, one of the focal points. Yeah, he's pretty much the leader in the. By the time we get to the Equalsham stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so they fight Black Adam, and uh, this I think was uh, is it Adrian Alcoin who did this issue. Uh. It was uh, no, it was uh, Martine and Champagne. No, 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 not this, not this early one. Oh, the the continuation. No, Martine is later in the in this in the series. I'm pretty sure. No, think, he's. I'm I'm on the issue right. Oh there. no, you it's, are right. No, this is the Martine issue. Okay, yeah, yeah cool. Okay, yeah, yep. 
Yeah, his style's changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for the better. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, the splash is nice with them all at the podium. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple panels, especially the one where uh, Black Adam uh, screams his his name and, sa- and says yeah. to remember it. Like, that panel's just... That's wonk. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, that's a, that's a one-off. That's like a bridge issue. Yeah. Um, and then we're introduced to Jade in the next issue, who mm-hmm. is uh, Alan Scott's daughter. And she looks kind of like a, a skinnier version of She-Hulk. She's got green skin. Um, and you guys, I don't know. I'm assuming she she also has green arrow power, uh, green lantern powers or no? Starheart, right? Yeah. Well, okay, so is that a yes or a no? I don't know. <laughs> Well, no, the, the the Green Lantern powers powers are, are not. It's not the Star Heart. They're but not. This Green Lantern has his power from the Star Heart, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Now, so she's got her dad's powers. Is what I'm asking. Like, can she make projections? And mm, I want to say no. Okay. She's an Infinity Inc. Um... <laughs> There's another series I didn't read. Yeah. Uh... Hmm. She, uh, yeah, I don't, um, she, she can, I believe she can make constructs. Okay. Okay. Well, well, either way, she, we're, we're introduced to, uh, to Stripes, uh, who's, uh, Courtney's uncle, or I mean, rather Courtney's stepdad. And, uh, he's kind of like the mechanic for the JSA. He's got their, their dope ass Quinjet type thing. And um, they go into, they're called into a, a situation where um, basically there are tons of evil shadow monsters that yes. crop up and attack them. And uh, and um, Alan Scott gets sucked up into this shadow realm and he sees a man curled over uh, weeping. We find out is uh, a guy named Jim Rice, who is the stepfather of the former hero, turned villain named Obsidian. Right. And the significance of all this is that uh, Jim Rice was an alcoholic, uh, abusive person who abused Obsidian. He was his stepdad. Uh, and what's significant here is that Obsidian's biological father was none other than Alan Scott, yep. a.k.a. Sentinel, a.k.a. Green Lantern. And although I don't know that we've ever saw it in the comics, maybe we did, it was alluded to here that Alan never knew that he had a son um, because his uh, X hid 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 the existence of Obsidian from him. Yeah, it's he found out before this series, but yes, I mean it's not when when right. um, early on it was. Yeah, he didn't he didn't know right away. So Obsidian is being at least we're led to believe he's being manipulated by another dark being called uh, named Ian Carkle, who's tr- I guess trying to tap into Obsidian's dark side. Um, but we we quickly find out that the uh, the the student becomes the teacher, and that in in essence, Obsidian is fully committed to the evil side now, and, and in fact, was using Ian. And uh, I guess his powers can only aren't just shadow powers and constructs, but it's some kind of dark dark energy, dark dimension. He can he can he has a connection to the shadow realm. Okay, yeah. So so he can. It's, it seems like his powers are pretty far reaching because he takes half the JSA and he turns them into like shadow versions of themselves and they do his bidding. He can use the stuff kind of like, uh, like venom style webbing that he can, he can, he can use to make constructs and tangle people up. He can zap them into that dimension. He can block out the sun. So he could do a lot. And it seems like his power grows exponentially as, 
as uh, as the arc goes on. And then we're introduced to yet another character, Doctor Midnight. Yes, who yeah, I love. I, I like this Doctor Midnight. Love. Doctor I like the original Doctor Midnight, but I like this one a lot. Yep, this one um, was a. Um, he was. He is an actual medical doctor. He was um, a resident uh, under the original Doctor Midnight, which is the connection. But uh, he's very, very scientific. He's got goggles that let him analyze the injuries of a person. He's kind of like Batman for healing. He's got a million contraptions on his belts and wristlets that can basically solve any medical condition that you can imagine. Um, so he's like Uber Doctor. And uh, he heals up Black Canary, who got her ass beat. And uh, and they, they go to try and rescue their peeps. He also has a, an owl that... that uh, he, that can he can use to see you know, like spy on people and stuff, and uh, and basically this arc is them fighting against Obsidian as he as his power takes hold and he spreads the darkness further and further through the Midwest, and uh, there's the father son issues of Obsidian being mad that his daddy wasn't there for him wah wah wah, and uh, Alan tries to apologize but of course it's a little late for that, but as is always the case eventually. Good prevails. Yeah, I think it was pretty inspired to include Doctor Midnight in this arc. What with it being, you know, with the darkness. Because mm-hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the original Doctor Midnight, like his one of his powers was he could see in the dark. He could see in the dark. Ask yeah. him this one. Right, but I mean that's no. But the original Doctor Midnight was blind. Oh, neat. Okay, I didn't so know that. it's like Daredevil a little bit uh, before yeah. before Daredevil. But again, now the, my, my my one my one beef with this um with this arc is that Jim Rice, the abusive alcoholic stepdad, ends up the hero, the martyr. He sacrifices himself. Yeah, he does to 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 port Obsidian into the to the shadow realms, shadowlands. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's whack to me. I, I don't think Jim Rice had any reason to be the hero of this arc. He's a piece of shit, abusive guy. So, like, I, I had no love for that. I don't view his sacrifice as noble, um, but a minor nitpick, admittedly. Then we get a really awkward scene where they're kind of like all digesting the adventure and they're chatting up a uh, wildcat, and he's like, he's like spread eagle in a fucking yes. bathtub, like nude. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. But I think it's worth mentioning that uh, the, the person that he's talking to is none other than Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle, hey, come on over and let's get jiggy. Catwoman and Wildcat. Yeah, that would fit. And but they, I can't they, front on the akimbo legs for too much because it is the start of the aforementioned issue that I thought was the best of the bunch, <laughs> which is uh, the Injustice Society showing up um, ready to uh, to kill him. Yeah. And the Injustice Society in this case is Johnny Sorrow, Count Vertigo, Icicle, Golden Wasp, not to be confused with Golden Shower, Tigress, <laughs> Blackbriar Thorn, and Geomancer. Not to be confused with the uh, found, foundation of the, the Valiant Universe. Yeah. Yes. And because uh, Wildcat's a badass, he pretty much single handedly picks them apart using strategery and stealth and his wits. With an arrow in his back. You know, call me an easy mark, but you put Wildcat on a motorcycle, <laughs> and, and I'm all over it. I love Wildcat. I loved him in 
in the cartoons. I loved him in the comics. I, I, I would love to see him back. I love him as character. Yeah. And if you really consider the real world counterpart of that costume on a grown ass man, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the droopy ears. Yeah. They, they killed me. No, I didn't. I didn't particularly like him in, uh, in arrow. I was just going to say, and he was an arrow. Yeah, but he was young in arrow. He was young. He's basically just a, a, a boxing trainer, and then he was trying know, to bang bang Donna. Yeah, um, my favorite because there's there's pretty cool scenes with each of these where he kind of dismantles each one of the villains uh, one by one. But when he goes to fight uh, Artemis, he knows that she's the daughter of uh, of Sportsmaster and the original Tigress, and he says, "Whom I tangled with <laughs> in more ways than yes. one." If you catch my drift. <laughs> And then as he's beating her ass, he's like, she's got her mother's bod. <laughs> so, like, the dude's just a hornball. He's straight up trying to, like, he like he's, like, beating that ass and he wants to hit it. Yep. <laughs> beating while he's tapping it. He, he Ripping into Terran. Oh, God. But he's victorious in the end. Yeah. And then we get to a fucking sad situation where... And, you know, I wonder in retrospect, considering how John's sister died, like how much he had to do with this issue, which is that there's a commercial jet flying and uh, Adam Smasher's mama's up in there and uh, the plane blows up, kills everybody. Yep. And uh, Cobra, not to be confused with Cobra Commander or Cobra from the Marvel Universe, head of the Serpent Society. This is DC's Cobra. With a K. Yeah, with a K. And he he takes he. uh takes uh credit for the for the attack created by no idea jack kirby oh really mm-hmm. in what book cobra really yep oh wow um so then we are uh introduced to uh, is it the deo is that what it is the yes right? that's what it's called yeah and we've seen this um a lot since the JSA when um, in Manhunt, Manhunter, remember? I mean, yep. Mr. Mr. Bones, he, I mean, they use him a lot. Yeah, and then there was that book, um, what was it called? Uh, the the spy book, the DC spy book. Oh, damn. Checkmate. Checkmate, Checkmate. right, right, oh, right, yeah. right. But Mr. Bones is, is a living skeleton, sentient skeleton, who is the head of the DEO, he's like an Amanda Waller, basically. Another yeah. Amanda Waller. Yeah. With you know, a lot less meat. government agency that's got yeah, a cool shady shit. And he brings the JSA into into solving this. And and they're not trying to hear it because I guess they don't trust the dude. But ultimately, because Adam Smasher's mom was on the plane, they agreed to, to, to do the investigation anyway. Uh, and then just as they're about to hit hit this, hit the skids and go off and do their adventure, uh, the original Star Spangled Kid shows back up. Yep. Uh, Sylvester Pemberton. And they're all kinds of baffled because he's supposed to be old and or dead. Uh, well, dead, I guess, in this case, but he would have been ancient either way. And uh, that's when they realize that there is a there's an issue with uh, basically the times are converging. Enter David's favorite extant. Now, I must admit, again, as I just said, I, I, I have no frame of this is the first time I'd ever seen extant. So you guys are saying he was the villain from Zero Hour? Yes. He's and the original hawk from Hawk and Dove. Well, that we find out in this as well. But, yeah. But but what is your issue? You just guys didn't think Zero Hour was a well-done event? <laughs> um, it wasn't that it was a well-done event. It was a, uh-oh, we got to change the ending to this thing. 
right? No, no, that's Armageddon. Oh, that's Monarch. right. Damn it, damn yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, zero hour. No, it it was a put on the thinking cap. It was a reset button again for the DC universe. It affected the Legion, didn't it? Oh hell, it it almost destroyed the Legion. Yeah, because um, I guess the idea was to to wipe the slate zero hour and make all the books more accessible to um your average reader and i think it did anything but that right and and it also vilified um uh, a character that's very close to david's heart which who is well, wasn't hal the basis of of zero hour hal is extant yeah yeah oh so, no hal jordan yeah no no this no, is well, hal, no this is uh, hank hall but but there was a there was a parallax, right? It, it, it is confusing as hell. Yes, it's, it's but yeah, there was. The, Wait, parallax was tied into all this. Zero hour. It was a parallax connection. Yeah. Oh, is I'm, that what turned Hal into parallax? No, what turned Hal into parallax was him uh, destroying the the, the core. And, yeah. No, well, that was they, final night. He, he oh, sacrificed Jesus. himself, and that was when he became. Man, you guys are old and busted. You're always <laughs> seriously. Did, there's so much. This it's, is not the issue we ever submit if, as, as as authorities on comics. It's it's convoluted, <laughs> right? It's DC um, history is so Hawkgirl's like now credit to Hawkgirl playing the role of the average comic fan. She's like, who the hell's extant? And, uh, and the seriously. Flash explains a time traveling despot who tried to recreate the universe in his own image. And a warped image at that. It took every team of heroes the world had to stop him, and even then he still managed to escape. The JSA was hit the hardest. Extant murdered the original Adam, Dr. Midnight Hourman, and God knows what he did to the Hawks. If he's tying the time stream into knots again, we've got to stop him. So It was, um, even though Hank is extant, the, the, the true mastermind um, behind the destruction of the universe is, in fact, Hal Jordan. During Zero Hour, you mean? Yes, yes. Okay. See, so that I'm makes saying. sense. I remember that cover, even though I didn't read the issues. I know. I remember that cover of of Hal with the like clenched fist for Zero Hour. I know. So I remember that cover. Um. So yeah. So so they got to go and try and figure out what the hell Exxon's doing in Cobra, and so they uh they go to invade Cobra's headquarters, and that's where they run back into Mister Terrific and his his uh, T spheres, and uh, they're totally impressed because dude is like a badass. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, that's when we get a sense of what he's about by he explains to them that he can he can help penetrate the uh, the base because he cannot be basically det- he's undetectable. He can't be photographed, sensed by, by anything electronic or audio. He's, he's basically undetectable. He's like a vampire, essentially, um, an electronic vampire. Um, and they roll up and they and they go to combat um, Cobra and Cobra's got a few minions, um, including uh, Airwave. And who else? Um, uh, Catalyst. Catalyst is named the uh, the villain who can basically like mess with people's chemical makeup. And uh, Cobra's got essentially the power at this point through his possession of these heroes and and or these these characters and, and some technology to he could essentially destroy anything that he wants. And he had ransomed the uh, the world and asked for all of the world's leaders to be delivered to him. Where he would start destroying lots of things, and um, he's got the upper hand, but 
but they they get in and luckily for our heroes uh catalyst who is working with him um decides that the dude is off as a rocker and he, he, he can't co-sign anymore he can't be part of it so he he bounces and uh his bouncing essentially opens the door for um dr midnight and mr terrific to get up in there and battle in like cobra's like dude i'm I'm virtually unmatched in hand-to-hand combat, and then Mr. Trivik's like, bruh, I got six black belts and six major martial arts, and he beats the shit out of him and uh, takes him down, essentially. So, um... Nice way to showcase the the power set of uh, Mr. Terrific. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, in spite of that, Cobra, because he is a snake character, does spray Mr. Terrific with venom and does manage to escape his clutches, jumps into a jet to escape uh, the island where they were uh, where he was set up and they had invaded. And then just as he's taking off, um, Adam Smasher gets really freaking big, like like skyscraper size big, to um, reach up and grab the jet out of the air and uh, pulls Cobra out of the jet, screaming at him how he killed his mama. And uh, he's very close to basically just squishing Cobra to death. But uh, good old Starman uses his... Uh, his uh, Magic stick, whatever the fuck that thing is, and uh, it's cosmic he's rod. Yeah, he's like, dude, dude, come on, bro, you're better than this. Don't, don't kill him. Don't kill him. You know, I know you want to, but don't. So they don't. He doesn't because he's a hero. He doesn't kill him. Sure. No. <laughs> His cosmic stick. They get sand back. All is well. They escape. Um, of course, there was more to the story in that. And that uh, the DEO had sent them there for, for less than altruistic purposes. Because it turns out that that happened to be a facility of theirs that they wanted to protect. And then Vince starting to get a chubby. Because as this adventure starts to seemingly wind down, who pops up out of the wreckage of a crash ship? But none other than Metron. Metron. Slumming, slumming with the common folk. Damn, slumming, he says. <laughs> yeah. Then the next issue is basically starts off with uh, Mr. Terrific's origin story. He's essentially a better version of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. He's like Bruce Wayne without the baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Olympic level athlete, billionaire. He was super genius. It says by the time he was six, he had read and assimilated the works of Bohr, Einstein, Planck, Feynman, (laughs) which would make him obsessed. Like super duper ridiculous, and uh, and on top of that, he's got those powers that we just talked about. Um, and then uh, Metron gives us sort of his little his little spiel about what's going on and how important it is to keep um, Extant from fucking up the timeline because it's going to destroy everything. There's some kind of thing called the Whirlagog, which is horribly named, by the way. Um, yes, which is some kind of like space time. It's an artifact that helps you, the possessor, deal with space time. So it's kind of like the uh, Infinity Gems to the DCU. And uh, next week, next week we see they finally catch up to Extant, and he is uh, like kind of surfing on top of the uh, of Metron's chair. Yep. I think uh, one of the main characters to issue 13 uh, is Photoshop. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, with all the the ripples and the concentric yeah. circles behind them. And oh the, yeah, you know, the color blends. It's right. like uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's unfortunate that as smart as Michael Holt is, he gets Marsha Brady's name misspelled. Oh damn! Well, he didn't do that. That's the letter. <laughs> he just thought it. So they all battle Extant, 
And they make really, honestly, they make quick work of him. Like, they don't, it doesn't seem like he's really that tough once they catch up to him. Yeah. Right? I mean, our man does his thing, and then Hippolytus stabs him, essentially. And uh, that kind of makes him zap out. And, uh, I mean, but, the adventure's not over, but but they kind of make quick work of him. Right. Um, Could that have been But then been he comes a... back, and he starts using his... He's like Kang, basically. Like, he starts yeah. using his powers. Like, he goes back into the... Apparently, he deletes the moment when... When uh, when uh, the hard the, water fumes, yeah, like when the Flash had first gotten his speed force, so like the Flash is gone, and then he blows Doctor Fate's head off. So like he he has his moments, you know. Um, but uh, but when push comes to shove, um, he loses because of uh, someone very familiar to him, aka Dove. Yeah, looking super fine. Done. Very Liefeld esque. What was that, Vince? No, that anatomy's pretty on point. <laughs> Who we we should mention is also a agent of order. Well, yes, yes, yep. So Dove explains that uh, Extant is her former partner, Hawk. Yep. And uh, somehow or another, they they get him back to being. They defeat him. Yes, they do. They do. Adam Smasher getting last licks. Yes, it was a very, um, it was quite poetic. The, uh, I, I did not see that coming. And, and for, um, for Adam Smasher to propose that to Metron, uh, I was, I, I was that is is quite fitting. Well, what's interesting here is that is that in in the Marvel universe they always take the stand that you can't fuck with time, right? right. So if any time they do fuck with time, it makes things worse. In the DCU, I guess it's a different kind of situation because mm-hmm. Adam Smasher's like, "Bruh, any chance we could uh, hook it up?" And Metron's like, "Yeah, dog, I got you." Yeah, especially Metron, but this seems to be a team that um, it's not so much. It's not, it almost seems like they don't, they're not so much concerned about doing what's right or doing what's lawful. They're, they're taking justice into their, their own Yeah, but here's they what's just... fucked up about this. What we're talking about is basically Adam Smasher talks Metron and helping him go back in time and save his mom. Yep. Right. But, but he fucking only saves his mom, dude. Yes. By like killing... the plane still blows up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Because Fuck you everybody. still can't. Right, because all of that, because everybody else still serves a purpose by dying. You can't. No, I know, but it's so fucked up. I it's know. Like, it's uh, hella oh, yeah. selfish. Yes, it's like oh, all right, absolutely. this is my mom's. Like, so he literally, they the plane blows up, and his mom flies out of the plane, and he catches him. <laughs> he catches her. It's like, all right, cool. There's other 180 people. Peace and love. It's like I'm doing but, this for y'all. But that's how it goes, and then, and yeah, then basically, I'd, I don't um, want to nitpick, but I, I don't think the mom flew out of the plane. She was switched. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Now you're right. But, right. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, she was switched with 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 yeah. the which the would have been a cool scene if she did fly out of the plane. That's true. Well, just and like, then, uh, and then from there, um, some of the the characters we've been journeying with kind of say their their peace and love. They say their yeah. goodbyes. Yeah. So Starman's out because James Robinson leaves the book. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> our man's out. Um, who else is out? Uh, uh, Hippolytus. 
Yeah. Pollard is gone. Hippolyta. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or Hippolyta. Um, Adam Smasher and his mom. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's got to go tend to his mama. That's so we're left, with, we're left with Hawkgirl, Sentinel, Wildcat, Sand, Dr. Stargirl, Dr. Midnight, Black Canary, um, Mr. Terrific, and The Flash. Yep. And that's it. That's the that's the uh, that's the volume. I could read this again many times, and I'm I'm sure that I would pick up on things I missed. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing I would say to people. I mean, we kind of alluded to this in the beginning. I I I genuinely enjoyed reading this, but it gets it only gets better from here. Yeah, it really does. I think as as Johns takes more control of the book, the book benefits from that, and the characters that. We get started with many of them do stick around, but we're introduced to a lot of other characters. And one of my one of my favorite things about this run, as I recall, is that they do a great job developing these characters outside of just being heroes. They spend a lot of time at their home base interacting. There's some romances. So you, you get you get to love these characters for for every for every part of them, not just oh, for, for what real. they can do with their yeah. power sets. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there we have it. Another book of the month in the books. On the record. Which means Dap will be putting up the next poll. Yes. Yeah, maybe tomorrow during lunch. Can we leave nice. maybe one or two on there from this time around? Absolutely. Yes. You know what? I will lobby for one. I, I would I, I have never read The Burn Superman. Yeah, that's staying up. So I would love to read that, especially before we get the Bendis Superman. Can the spirit stay on too? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Jason's like, sure, it ain't gonna win. <laughs> oh yeah, keep that on every month, though, man. <laughs> Shit, dick. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Hey, so what do y'all think? Do you, I mean, do you do you recommend it? Oh, Not? this, yeah, yeah, but with I have to with a warning that mm-hmm. if you're not well versed in the DC universe, I mean, I like to think we are well versed, and there's still some stuff as you have heard. That mm-hmm. needs a little bit of fleshing out. Um, I don't retain every bit of data that passes through my brain. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> was that an obviously? Uh, no, no. I was like, I hear you. It's just because of the amount of things we read and the the cool. time between we've read them. It's, you know, who remembers every instance of Zero Hour and Armageddon and 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 you know. Blackest Night. There's just a lot of stuff to remember. We're yeah. we're, we're not, you know, Murd. Everybody doesn't retain uh, mm-hmm. all this information. Shout out to Murd. Random shout. You know, no, but seriously, I mean, there's, there's one guy that does remember it all. Um, but so if you're going to go into this uh, for the first time, take note. You know, take heed that there's a lot of of history in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I think so. I must say, Dap, I thought you enjoyed this a lot less than it sounded like you did as we talked about it. Like, based on our week, our conversations this week, I thought you were going to be hating on it more. No, I would... I... I got to find... Oh, it's not a... It's not like it's a chore or a job. I, I do want to find the the silver lining. I, I got to... If, if someone... Yeah, we could, or I could rag on something and then just be quiet and, and said my piece. But I, I, I want to at least approach it objectively. Plus, 
during the week when we're talking on the Slack, I, I, I like fucking with y'all. So it's This is dick. true. It's true. Dick. The the best time of that uh was during uh next week. That <laughs> uh, was great. You had him going for days, dude. Days. And he texts me uh, on the sly, should I stop fucking with him or should I keep fucking with him? I'm like, dude, keep fucking with him. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all putting my name in your mouth on the side? Like that. Yeah. That's fucked up. I said, yeah, keep it going, keep it going. Because I, I felt I felt bad because I had also, um, well, as bad as I could feel, because I was also messing with the... Jason over the um over the Avengers who hasn't been Avengers Jampies and the Shroud. <laughs> oh yeah, you were. <laughs> Motherfucker. All right, everybody. Hey, uh if you enjoyed this and I don't see why you wouldn't, um it was brought to you by our very, very generous Patreon supporters. If you would like to become one of them or just see what this whole brouhaha is about. Go to patreon.com forward slash 1111 o'clock, no apostrophe comics, and you'll get an inkling. That's all it says, the best I can put it. You, you will, skippy, bippy. You will understand why, or hopefully you will. Um, people love us enough to, to support us, and that, that's it's great. It's, and it's, I'm it's a continuously thing. flabbergasted at yeah. the love that we get from everybody. Oh, for real. Yeah. The more love we get, the more episodes you get. So I'm hoping for eight a month. Uh, that's not even a tier. It should be. It should be. It's it's not a tier. Eight, eight episodes a month or daily. <laughs> Dude, if any of us win Mega welcome. Millions, I, I will commit to us going daily. Well, we have a tier for Sugar Daddy, right? For the big... Somebody wants yeah, to give that, us... Yeah, but that wouldn't be daily. Would it? 25000 a month? Oh, no. You said five weekly episodes. For 20, yeah, exactly. Somebody, off, you know somebody would want yeah. to give us twenty five thousand a month. That's I had a weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend. You know what I'm saying? So why true. don't we get Tomio to, to pony especially, up? Especially, especially when cons are happening on those weekends. True. Yes, dude. We would hit all the motherfucking cons though. Yes. Oh, for real. oh my Diego. god, we would be all up in them cons. Yeah, that'd be lit. <sighs> it is to dream. So, yes. So when your travels, read book two. Because I will eventually. I, I want to see where the uh, where the team's going. I, I would I, dare I would, say, you know what? Read read Justice Society of America. For, uh, like, make that the priority. That stuff's so good. I'll, I'll give myself a uh, assignment for my in your travels. Read All Star Squadron. Oh yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't even yeah, have them. I have you, a couple wait, of issues. You don't have them. No. Bro, you have everything. No, I don't have everything. Dude, you Uh, have everything. I used to, um, but then a lot of that everything got sold to... uh, Damn, it's hard out here. I know. I didn't feel like moving them. Now, when you you did your stuff to to my comic shop... Yeah. How did you get it to them? Did you just literally, like, tape up long boxes and mail them? Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's pretty convenient. I didn't do the mailing. They sent me... A, uh, a a number of mailing labels. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and I just duct taped the the lid to the boxes and affixed the uh, the box the, mm-hmm. the the postage label to each box. And the guy came from uh, UPS and picked them all up. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, you will get pennies on the dollar with my comic shop. Well, that's the conceit, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Still, though, you, I mean, that's convenient in terms of logistics. Yeah, you'd cry con- if I told you how much I got for... No, I know, but consigning stuff uh, to Comic Link was... Uh, it's been a great process, I mean, in terms of, you know, the way they've handled the, like, the valuation and the, you know, and all that. But but it's, it's I mean, I, as I told you guys, I, I mean, full disclosure to... Uh, it cost me more than 300 bucks to ship everything. Wow. Insurance is not cheap. No, it ends up being like, it's like 2% basically. Uh, you have, like it, it ended up costing about 2% of what you were insuring it for, which, which gets pricey, you know? Sure. Especially on them, them big ass uh, books, big ticket books. Well, that was the thing. I mean, but that was what made it nerve wracking, right? Is that I, like, I didn't, number one, I, I don't want them to get lost or stolen in transit, but two, they also can't get damaged because then I don't, get, I don't get to my monies. Right. I don't get to my life held. But it looks like you, from the picture, it looks like you did a great job making sure that. Yeah, they received it all today. They, uh, they said everything checked out, so Sweet. it all got there. Yeah. Awesome. All right, everybody, we hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, please join us on our next outing, which will be tomorrow. <clears throat> <laughs> you funny. <laughs> nah, it won't. We'll be back uh, same bat time next week. And um, no one as well. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. Oh. Good night. He's diddling with it. Dave. Nice. I'm going to rent Jason out to uh, make my wife happy. You know, take care of business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We'll see y'all next time. Say good night. Happy Passover and happy Easter and happy weekend to everybody. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. My kid's favorite holiday. Easter. Is it? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, we don't. We don't end. It's the one holiday we don't end up doing that much for because our families are all down south. So, yeah. So have a nice holiday, people. Be safe. Uh, be with your loved ones. Kiss your mamas and daddies yep. and children. Stay off them streets if you're drinking them beers. Yeah. Don't text and drive, dumbass. No. For reals. Yeah, I didn't tell you. I'm driving in this guy in a um, an Escalade. Escalade comes he, he starts right to head on and i'm like i beeped to her i'm like dude and he looks up dude was texting mm. almost head-on collision like are you stupid like what's so friggin' important that you got to text when thing. you're driving no it's not whatever but we're out of here go 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 have fun love you Later, y'all. bye love you all bye.
work, we're going in peace. But maybe we hijack, maybe we won't. And maybe we're jets, and then and maybe we don't. We make your white tank, that's why we're going to do some work. Then we'll come up the hell, just like a storm. 